Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Football Friday, Big Shills. We thank you guys so much for choosing us today, every day. You have so many options out there, and we so appreciate you coming aboard with us. And, and you know, you know what's funny, Sills. This is the show that I want to throw a brick at, but here I am again. And to me, some of you guys have turned out to be some of the best people we've ever spoken sports to. I'm not kidding you, okay? You know, there's only a few people that I like to throw flowers to, and and this includes The Rock. I throw more flowers towards you guys than I do anybody in my life, including my own family. So kind of like we are family here a little bit. We appreciate you coming aboard. That's enough before people start throwing up. I get it. (laughs) Look at Prince. I hate this show. Here I am, Sills. Perfect, perfect, perfect way to start. Actually, here's the second way. Last day for you to qualify for our Hooters gift certificates. We do this each and every single day, starting on Tuesday all the way through Football Friday. All you have to do, we will put out a code word. Tom will throw it out throughout the program. All you have to do is identify it, email us your information, and you potentially could be a winner that we'll name on a football Monday. You email your info. You send it on that email, show at Gmail. Simple as that. And we'll announce our winners, as I said, on a football Monday. We've done this thing for two weeks. And it's absolutely taken off. So, I mean, our friend Maniac. How about my boy Maniac, man? He ended up winning a gift certificate from Jersey. And from Delaware, Andy, congratulations to you guys. Sills clearly hates Hurts. Really? You think that, Joe? Joe, do you really think I hate Jalen Hurts? You really think I hate Jalen Hurts? I don't hate Jalen Hurts at all, man. Actually, Jalen Hurts said something yesterday. I was over on the Eagles Twitter, and I'm I'm not calling it X. I'm not doing that. To me, it's Twitter. And I was over there and I watched him. He goes, hey, since when did winning become a bad thing? You know what I wanted to tell Jalen? Jalen, why don't you ask Doug Peterson that? Doug Peterson used to get crucified for winning games in Philadelphia 17-14. Am I wrong? What's the offense doing? I don't really think Jalen understands still a little bit of the fan base. Since when did winning become a bad thing? Ask Doug Peterson. 
Ask Doug Peterson. Did you not have problems when the Eagles, when Doug was the head coach? How, why, are, why are they winning 17-14? I mean, we won. Was it ever good enough with Doug? Yes or no? Was it ever good enough with Doug? Right? How many times did Doug get questioned for the offense? Right? How many times did he get questioned? <laughs> I mean, but Buddy got fired for winning. Hey, winning games? I saw, I saw what, who was the coach in Chicago? Lovey Smith? Jim Caldwell. They won games. They got fired. Jalen. That city, especially in that city, Philadelphia, you're going to get questioned on how you approach the game, how you play the game, and the result of the game. It's not, nobody in Philadelphia just goes like this. Hey, we won. We got out of there with, you know, a lot of luck here, a lot of skill. Let's move on and let's go to Tampa. Nobody talks like that in Philadelphia. You know better than that. Or does Jalen not know that? Come on, dog. I mean, you don't have a head coach like Nick Saban that starts talking to the media. You see, you know the difference you have in college? Nick Saban can call the media rat poison and get away with it. You can't do that. Nick Sirianni can't call the Philadelphia media rat poison. Coaches in the NFL can't talk to the media like that. And they don't. When if you ever, I mean, those coaches are gone. The coaches that talk shit to the media in the NFL, they're all gone. Okay? It's totally, it's a different... It's an absolutely different approach when you're talking college and pro football. Well, let's start with that because the start of week three was last night and the 49ers absolutely dismantled the New York fraudulent Giants. Daniel Jones sucks. That guy, you really think Tyrod Taylor is that much lesser of a quarterback than that guy? Man, I see a better version of Tyrod Taylor when I see Daniel Jones maybe a little bit more accurate and maybe a little bit more athletic. I don't see shit out of that guy. I just don't see it. I don't see And you gave him 46 million bucks. I'll tell you this, Kyler Murray's better than him. Kyler Murray is better than Daniel Jones. I would take Kyler Murray over Daniel Jones. I would. I would take Kyler Murray. He's terrible. He's terrible. Um, Brock Purdy looks like the guy. 310 yards in the game. I thought he was really great. By the way, uh, Debo Samuel was spectacular last night. Six catches. All of them impact catches. Their defense is lights out. Now, again, it's the shitty Giants. Hey, Brian Dable, was that a one-year wonder kind of thing like we saw with Matt Nagy up in Chicago? I don't know. 
That team did nothing to improve itself. They did nothing to improve themselves. I mean, Darren Waller did not improve that football team. And by the way, that kid Kayvon Thibodeau, bro, you got to show up, dude. You got to show up. You were drafted to be a disruptor. I don't know, man. Kayvon Thibodeau so far as a New York Giant, I don't know. Brock Purdy has been great so far and undefeated. Great. Great. Great football by him. I'll tell you one thing he does too, and I love what Kyle Shanahan is doing with him. He knows he's coming off of arm injury, and he knows he's coming off an arm injury. He's calling plays that he knows that he can make the throws. He's not putting him in a situation where he's got to make throws that potentially right now, because of that injury, he can't make. Okay? Brock Purdy looks like one of the top quarterbacks right now in the NFC. I mean, that 49er team, right now, if I were to rank, and with the uh, Trayvon Diggs injury, 49ers, Cowboys, and Eagles, those are your top three teams, in my opinion. Going, We'll see what the Cowboys do. And we'll see what the Eagles do Monday night. But the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. Easy, easy to say that. I have no problem saying that. None. They've had, they've had better wins. I mean, the Giants were a playoff team last year, were they not? Dismantled. I think they dismantled that. Now, again, Barkley not being out there. The Giants really had no chance. I didn't think the Giants had a shot to win that game. 30-12, I mean, was it really ever competitive? Kind of in the beginning, a little. But I never was like this at any time in that game. Hey, the Giants have a shot here. Okay? 49ers look way better right now. If you were just to use this. All you drunk bird fans hating on Purdy can't be objective. He's accurate, smart, consistent. That's what wins. I, I, hey, shooter, they're not going to ever say anything about Brock Purdy right now, positive. So that's why I am. He's playing better quarterback than Jalen Hurts right now. He looks better. That offense looks better. That team looks better. They just look better. Eyeball test doesn't lie. They look better. Hey, we're going to make a comment about that Monday night game for the Eagles. So far, three games is a trend. They've got their third game in. Niners look great. It is going to be a tough out to get him and that team knocked out of the playoffs. Kings playing way better. There's not a weakness. You know what they look like? They look actually like the Eagles of a year ago. Their defense is stout. Their offense has numerous offensive weapons. And the quarterback's playing well. Your defense sucks. Your quarterback is inconsistent. That's what we've seen so far. And some go, well, you're the Bucs are 2-0. I'm talking about how the team looks. 49ers look like the best team in the NFC. In my opinion, they are. Three games is a trend. I can't wait till Monday night. 
Actually, I can't wait to watch the Cowboys this weekend. Dallas has what? Arizona? They're going to destroy that team. I'm not taking that much out of that thing. I'm not taking anything out of that Arizona. It's in Arizona. They may hang around a little bit. You're going to have to rely on Dak a little more now. Probably put some more points up. But I don't think Arizona has anything to really, you know, hang their hat on and say, hey, this is what we're going to know. Maybe if you had Kyler Murray, that would be different. I don't care if you refuse to believe it. You know it. The Niners look better. Now, let's be fair here. Today in September, on this day, the Niners look better. Does that mean they will in January? Absolutely not. Everyone's balancing injuries now. Everyone's balancing. And get this. Come Monday night after that game, the lame-ass excuses that Eagle fans have when it comes to it's only two games is over. You don't have that excuse anymore. It's over. Okay? It's over. So you better be consistent on Monday night. You better be consistent. Because if you're not, if you come out of that game and it's another one possession game against the Bucs, you know, the Bucs may surprise this year. I don't know. I want to see them play against a halfway decent defense and a really good offense. You see, you're, you're not balanced like you were a year ago. It's kind of like your offense. You're not very good in the passing game right now. Still efficient in the run game, and your pass defense blows. You're, you're, you're kind of unbalanced. Niners are balanced. Cowboys are balanced. You know what's funny? I don't really see a team in the AFC that has shown me any kind of balance. You know, for all those great quarterbacks that are in that conference, I don't see a lot of balance on that side. I mean, Kansas City, I don't know. You know, Devin says, if we stop a team's run and force them to pass being one-dimensional, it inflates the pass defense numbers negative, just like our run defense numbers last year. But there are, but you're not, that's, that's not why your numbers are 31st in pass defense. And it's Mac Jones. The completion percentages are off the charts. Mac Jones threw the ball 54 freaking times and had three touchdowns on you. Kirk Cousins had four. In two weeks, you've given up seven sacks on your passing game, and the opposing quarterbacks have thrown for seven touchdowns. I'm not what you're talking about. Now, look, you stopped the New England Patriots run offense. I think that's a big deal. Let me move on here, though. I don't want to stay in this quicksand like yesterday. We talked about this bullshit already. I'm going to say something here that, you know what they're saying in Tampa about your boy Jalen Hurts? Do you know what they're saying about him? Let me get the quote. Todd Bull still thinks... 
The Eagle quarterback can't read NFL defenses. That's a word going around one buck. Todd Bowles and the coaches at one buck place still believe your quarterback can't read NFL defenses. I'm not saying this, even though I agree with him. I still think he's learned. You know what's crazy about that comment, though? Patrick Mahomes last year said he's still learning to read defenses. He said that. And Andy Reid is helping him read defenses more. But but you think because someone says that a quarterback needs to still learn how to read defenses, you take that as a slap when Mahomes said it. Hey, guess what? I'm still learning how to really you know, prepare for NFL defenses. And Andy's been instrumental in that. He said when he came into the league, he could rarely and barely read a NFL defense and he's getting better and better at it. Are you under the impression that your guy is beneath those comments? That's a stupid angle to take. That your guy is beneath those criticisms. It's ridiculous. When you got the best player in the game saying it. Why do you think Brady's telling Shador Sanders, get your ass out of the uh, SUV and get your ass more into the study room? Because it's about reading defenses and learning and studying. Just because he's only been a starter two years, really one decent year, good year. Bulls never said that, huh, Keith? Well, you better use Google. He's already been caught on tape saying it. He can't read it. Keith, Google it. Google it. G-O-O-G-L-E. Caught on tape. In the playoff game. And now going around one buck this week. Why do you think that you saw Brian Flores put five across the backside and why they went to the run game. Because they know it confused them. They're putting those secondary guys back there for a re- What did even A.J. Brown say? A.J. Brown said, we're seeing things that we've never seen before. Because you know what coordinators are saying? Hertz can't read defenses. Micah, thank you. This ain't me talking here. Hey, I've given you my opinion. These are NFL coordinators saying this now. Of course he's learning. If you're not growing, you're dying. They're seeing so many different defensive looks this year, and edges aren't crashing to defend. That is such a great take, Christopher. That's correct. See what Christopher just put up there? That is exactly what that team and that offense has seen. Right there, Tone. The man who just gave us, thank you, sir, the 10 bucks. That's exactly what's happening. 
That's exactly right there what's happening. That's exact. They're not crashing those ends down. And given that opportunity and that counter trade to come out the back door, absolutely true. Absolutely. For accuracy, it wasn't cornerbacks. It, it was cornerbacks coach Kevin Ross who told his players Jalen couldn't read, not Bowles. If you go over and you read some of the articles, Bowles says it too. Not, not, not on tape. But Bowles has conf- Bowles agrees. Bowles agrees. Bowles agree. And by the way, um, the coordinator on that team in 2021, is that the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl? Okay. He was the defensive coordinator. And Bruce Arians. I believe was the head coach in 21. Um, So far with what I've seen with defensive coordinators against Jalen Hurts in the offense, they don't believe he can read defenses either, just with their formations. That's why, to me, this is what I would do if I were the Eagles. I would do exactly what Jalen Hurts said. Who gives a shit how it looks? And you know what I do believe? I I was watching the press conference, and you know the one thing that I do believe? I do believe that Jalen Hurts doesn't give a shit how he looks in a game. He just wants to come out of the game with a W. He's one of the very few guys, like Brady and all those guys, where statistical conversations really don't matter. They're so rare to find guys like that that don't care. Let me tell you this. I'll tell you something about Michael Jordan that I think is so underrated about him. You know, Phil Jackson actually had to go to him and convince him not to be a scoring leader in the NBA anymore. And he needed to get other people involved. And Jordan had to buy into that. You ever notice? All of a sudden, when Jordan started winning NBA championships, he stopped winning scoring titles. You think there's any coincidence to that? He, he, he had to be a team guy. And he had to sacrifice maybe being a 40-point guy. But he did it for the betterment of the team because he bought into what was going on. I believe Hertz does that. And when I heard him at his press conference, I bought into it too. I went like this. See, that guy doesn't give a shit about it. He's not going to turn the ball. Look. He's turned the ball over three straight games. I personally do believe the Bucs don't think that guy can read a defense. Uh, and you know what? The two coaches that have schemed against that Eagles offense, their formations dictate that. And that's why there's guys that have so few targets outside of the top two dudes. If you look at the receptions chart, If I'm not mistaken, Tone, I think both AJ and Devontae have 11 catches apiece. Then after that, it goes to six and then nobody. Okay? Cue ball goes, can Mayfield read a defense? So you're comparing Jalen Hurts to Baker Mayfield? 
who's been on his fourth team? Really? I think Baker Mayfield is okay. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't build my franchise around Baker Mayfield. You have built your franchise around Jalen. Now look, you built your franchise around an RPO offense, not a passing offense. There's a difference here. That's so true because great stats doesn't make you great because it's a team game and stats don't tell the whole truth, so it's distorted. Right. Just like some try to distort the Super Bowl. Who cares Jalen had the most yards? The most effective yards were by Mahomes. The answer, if they keep running cover O and holding the edge, is to run the ball right up the middle like we did last week. Well, you're not going to run the ball right up the middle. Uh, per- personally, Vita Vea will beat. I'll take that matchup. The Bucks have the advantage on the nose. Kelsey's not going to blow him off the ball. That's not going to happen. He didn't do it in 21. He's not magically all of a sudden, a year, two years older, going to do it now. You don't have the advantage at center over the nose. That's not true. Look, opposing defenses can go all in on the pass all they want. I'm sorry, I, I missed that. It's moving kind of kind of quick here for me. Um, you don't have the advantage. Now you have the advantage in the old line. Thank you, Tone. Look, opposing defenses can go in on the pass all they want. Be more happy rushing for over 200 yards in every game. Correct. Dude, the Buccaneers can't run the ball. And now that you have Carter and Davis playing the way you do, I'm going to say this to you also about the, uh, the Eagle defense here in a second. There's no question Hassan Reddick's injury has affected that entire unit, including the secondary. His ineffectiveness has hurt that defense. He's hurt. I get it. Okay. If you want to use that as an excuse, it's a good one. It's a truthful one. But until that gets rectified, your pass defense is going to suffer because no one's getting home except for the two tackles. Actually last Josh sweat played well last week. Okay. Your pass rush is hurting your secondary a ton And with a weak secondary and linebacking core already, Sean Desai has done a marvelous job on coaching what he has because he doesn't have a lot. He doesn't have a lot. RPO, read, pass. No, that's not what it means, read, pass, option. It's run, pass, option. Guy's trying to change what RPO means. It's a run-pass option. All of it's reading. It's run, no. Pass, I have the option. Our scheme is hurting our secondary. Can't up line up 10 yards off the ball because your linebackers are scared because of the 
the pass defense. That's why they're off the ball. But your tackles are playing so well that you can afford that with your weak linebackers to play a little deeper. You see, one of the great things that Tampa has, they play that cover two Tampa defense. You know why they're able to play and they're so effective, those linebackers? Because when you're a Tampa two defensive linebacker, you get great depth and very few linebackers can play that style of defense. Ryan Shazier was spectacular at it. And Tomlin hasn't been able to replace a guy like Ryan Shazier. Ryan Shazier was like the Gronk killer. Okay, he was. Cover linebackers and fill gaps. Don't care if Hertz can't even read English. 1901. Silver medal. Congratulations. I, that record doesn't mean shit to me. It really doesn't. This is about winning the NFC East, home field advantage, and winning a Super Bowl. I don't give a shit about that. I don't care. <laughs> Players don't care about that. Do you really think Jason Kelsey even know? Probably does because it's early in the year. What the records are? Play Barrett Brooks was on a couple days ago. Barrett even told you. By the time you get to the midway part of the season, you don't even know what your record is. You're worried about the guy in front of you. You're not worried about playoff positioning and who's, who's leading the – you worry about that shit late in the year. I'll give you a great story. I asked Nick Bonacani, did you guys know you guys were going for an undefeated record? He goes, you know when we realized it? The last game of the year against New England. Somebody came to us and said, hey, you guys are undefeated. They were like, holy shit, we are. They didn't care. They didn't realize it until the last game, the last week of the regular season. <laughs> okay? Now, you could take trends out of a record. You, you can. You know, if a guy has a great record versus another team, that tells you that the matchups that you have and every time you play, like – when the Cowboys play the New York Giants, the Giants haven't been able to stop their personnel. It's not just Dak. You haven't been able to stop the personnel in New York. But you got 11 straight wins against that team? So that is something. Because you know why? Usually in the division, you are drafting to win your division first. And you're drafting versus the competition in your division. Seals, the Eagles try to force more passing, makes us one-dimensional, and puts our best weapon in bad situations. Where can we get hurts so running is a must? I think, again, I personally, once again, I think the philosophy has been to take Jalen Hurts out of the run game, and I think it's hurt you. By the way, I'll say it one more time. DeAndre Swift doesn't frighten me. Hurts on third down does. Hurts on third down Third and long, that fright. I, if I was a coordinator, I mean, DeAndre Swift he had 170 yards. He had 170 yards. Still was a one-possession game. You still had a, what you have, a 20-point lead in that game and you let him come back in that game? Okay, I mean, when Jalen Hurts is third and long and he picks up those third downs, that is a backbreaker. It is a 
backbreaker when you can't get your shitty defense off the field like the Vikings couldn't. Backbreaking. And what did they do late in the game? You guys say it's coaching. I say this. Well, it is coaching in a way. They just went like this. Our passing game's going nowhere. So let's just run it. And that's what they did. Their one dimension was something Minnesota couldn't handle. That's okay to win a game like that. That shouldn't be criticized. You took the ball, you took the passing game away from Hertz. Well, that's a collective decision y'all make. They stopped throwing it. There's no, there's no shame in that. Why? Well, Minnesota couldn't defend it. Why would I try to force shit into a game? You can, can I tell you this? This is what I think the problem in Los Angeles with the Chargers are. And I think sometimes you fall into that up in Buffalo. They try to force their way of doing offense instead of looking at it for what it is. Let's just go with what we're doing better here. We're running the ball. Eagles getting away like that. I think that's why Buffalo looked better in week two. They just went like this. We're not throwing the ball deep. We're going to have short intermediate passes, and that's how we're going to win ball games. They basically, hey, they basically took the deep passing game away from Josh Allen. Am I wrong? Against the Raiders. That's coaching. There's no shame in that. There's absolutely no shame in that. Passing game's not getting it done for the Eagles. Okay, well, Minnesota can't handle the run. Lane Johnson, okay. That's good coaching. That's in-game adjustments. Do you know that that's probably the best job that Brian Johnson has done so far was the fourth quarter versus the Vikings. Instead of trying to jam the passing game, which has been sputtering, they went away from that and said, Minnesota can't handle this. Okay? Minnesota can't handle it. Do you know what the luxury of that is, having a quarterback that can just do this? Well, let's just run it. Brady can't run it. Mahomes is not going to run it. If, if they have an ineffective passing game, the Chiefs, they're losing. Do you understand that? That's the advantage you have. But the problem becomes this. It doesn't look like last year. Do you know this? The one thing that the Eagles have still maintained from a year ago is the ability to do both. It's just not looking like it did a year ago. That's okay. Teams have caught up on you and put good game tape together on you. That is how you win ball games. You take what the defense gives you I was proud of Brian Johnson. Dirty. That's the best bit of coach. See, everyone's like this. Okay. Well, they became, they did become one dimensional. It, but here, it's okay to do this. Yeah, they took the ball at the passing game away from Jalen in the fourth quarter. Why? Well, because Minnesota. See, it's the way I guess you deliver that. Well, it's because Minnesota couldn't handle the Eagles run game. Our strength versus their biggest weakness was run defense. That's coaching it. It's not a it's not shade on Jalen. 
people look at it going, man. And, and, and hey, for me, though, when you watch the 22 and you see the wide open guys that he's missing. Now, you saw this, this press conference. And personally, A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts to have to address it and Nick Sirianni. Do you know what I would tell you media people? Kiss my ass. I don't have to explain myself to you for us having a private conversation on the sidelines that just so happened. Four million people saw it. I don't give a shit. What I don't have to explain myself to you. You never see anybody in New England explaining for the last 25 years anything. A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni don't owe you an explanation of what was said or not said. If those two go out there and ball out, guy gets 100 yards, 10 catches, and he has 1,500 yards, who gives a shit? Doesn't have to be addressed. That doesn't have to be, because then you know what people are going to do? They're going to dissect it more. Oh, really? Who cares? Personally, to me, it's the dumbest part of the week that I heard anybody trying to make anything out of. Of all the things, the thing that I said was that you have multiple players now complaining about targeting. Because Goddard, Goddard, okay? Hey, I'm great in the run game. I could dominate in the run game. We know that already. He didn't like the way he was, his role in the offense in the passing game. That's the soundbite. And you got another guy that was complaining. That's when you start going, and then you look at the tape and you see the missed passes to the open guys. And you're like, what are they doing? Well, they're lining five up across the backside. And the Eagles are now, hey, Todd Bowles is going to do the same thing. But here's the difference. The Bucs can play to run. Okay, this Bucks defense is better than New England. I would say New England probably has better edge rushers. That kid White and Judon are probably better edge rushers. Okay, but everywhere else, linebacking, secondary, every Winfield, all them dudes. Dude, look at the personnel. You don't have to go, we'll see. That team won a Super Bowl three years ago. That same defense won a Super Bowl. That's a Super Bowl winning defense. That stopped Mahomes. You didn't. Don't talk to me about defenses. That same defense stopped Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl. You have a lesser defense today than what that thing is now. I'm talking to Tampa defense. You make it sound like you have a better defense than the Bucs do. You don't. And that almost exact personnel stopped Patrick Mahomes. And Tyreek. Was Tyreek on that team? Yes. Stop Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. Am I wrong? Three years ago, 
You make that sound like it's a hundred trillion. How old is Devin White? 25? It's a different Jalen Hurts. So far, you're right. It has been a different Jalen Hurts this year. So far, you're right. This is going to be a lot of... You got people walking around one buck place right now that doesn't think your quarterback can read defenses. Today. That's a fact. I know that to be a fact. I know that to be an absolute fact. Would you agree with all the circumstances in the teams we have faced is going to help us when we... Yes, that's a great take. That's a really great take. You know, Tone, that I hadn't thought about on what he just said. That's a great take. All the deficiencies and all the struggles, which aren't a ton of struggles, but significant will help you if you're able to get healthy. That's a, would you agree with all the circumstances? I like that word better. And the teams we have faced, it's going to help us when the tough part of the schedule comes up to adjust. Amen. Yes, sir. 100%. You are exactly correct. Adversity is the only way you learn. You don't learn from being front runners. Absolutely. So Mayfield is on the level of Mahomes now? Who said that? The only person that cares about the Bucks think is you, Sills. I'm not rooting for the Bucks. I don't root for the Bucks. I root for the Hurricanes. I told you that. Look, I'm an alum. Sure. Okay. Great. They mis they misused me there. I don't know. I don't have this gigantic affiliation with them. I have it with the Hurricanes. Dude, I don't root for teams. I've told you this. Huh, Buccaneers on the wall. Yeah, because Leroy Salmon gave me that. A legendary defensive end. My buck helmet they gave me because I'm an alum. By the way, I have a Tiffany uh, crystal ball back there because I'm part of the Alumni Association. It's called being an NFL player. I got a Tiffany crystal ball right here. Here. From Tiffany's. That the Bucks gave me. I think you can see Tiffany right on it there. There's Tiffany and company. Pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So? And? There's people in that organization right now that do not believe Jalen Hurts is out of the gate in a good place passing-wise. And for you to blame Brian Johnson, um, Jalen's got to figure this out. Not Brian Johnson. Jalen's got to figure it out. 
And you know, he started figuring it out a little bit at the press conference. Okay, on his current path, there's not a chance in hell he's throwing for four grand. Not a chance in hell. Relevant. He's going to figure this out. Do I believe Jalen Hurts will figure that here? Do I think Jalen Hurts will figure this out more so than Justin Herbert will figure it out? (laughs) Justin Herbert is a superior passer. But do I think that guy's going to figure it out? I don't know. He has a coach in to help him. I think they're figuring it out in Buffalo. I think they had a come to Jesus conversation with Josh Allen. We're not doing this. We cannot win a Super Bowl if we turn the ball over. You know, that's also been another thing. Got to protect the football a little better. And those turnovers, you know, three in a row now, you know, let's not see that against the Bucks on Monday. Okay? Let's not see that. So who you got winning, Eagles or Bucks? I think it's five. What is it? It's five. Um, the Eagles are given five. That's still, that's, for me to take the Bucks. I should have took them when it was seven. Five? <clears throat> I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I think that game's, I think that game's awful close. Because you're not going to stop Mike Evans. Not a chance in hell. Mike Evans is going to destroy Darius Slay. Destroy him. Mike Evans right now is playing. Did you see him last week? He is playing like his hair's on fire. He is playing for a contract somewhere else. He looks so good. Michael Irvin told me, he goes, Mike Evans. You know Mike Evans is 6'5"? Am I right when I say that, Tone? He's 6'5". He's 200 and like 15 pounds and he's 6'5". Dude, that guy is athletic as hell and he is a big dude. Do you know there's only one guy in pro football history? Six, Mike Evans is 6'5", 231. He's bigger than almost Shannon Sharp. There's only one wide receiver. Only one wide receiver that has more thousand-yard seasons than Mike Evans, and it's Jerry Rice. You don't want Slay on Evans. I want Bradbury's ass on him. You're damn right, Tone. Slay can't cover him. Slay's not your best DB anymore. That's a great comparison, CZ. I don't believe that Mike Evans... Hey, would we not agree, Tone? Mike Evans has to be one of the most underrated wide receivers in pro football history. Because I I, I did the same mistake. Tone goes, dude, this guy's got nine 1,000-yard seasons. And Sills, they're in a row. 
And this guy had Jameis Winston early in his career. I mean, you know what he's telling Baker Mayfield? Just throw it up. I'll get it. Just throw it up. I'll get it. He's not as electric as Megatron. Megatron is electric. It's just an electric player. Electric. I mean, you know what? If I had to put athleticism at the position, Jerry Rice would not be above Randy Moss and Megatron. Don't, there's something different about Moss and Megatron. I mean, they were freakazoids, man. They go up into triple coverage and they come down with it. Like, how about this? A.J. Brown's not better than Mike Evans. He's just not. And, and get this, that's no shade on A.J. because I'm talking about a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Fam- He's a Hall of Famer. Mike Evans, when I put the list together, when he's done, he's going to get, this guy's got 10,000 plus yards already. Okay? This guy's a Hall of Fame guy. Winston wasn't great. He did throw for 5,000 yards, though, one year. Remember that? He had 30 touchdowns and 30 picks. But he sure slung it. He did, man. He had, remember, that, remember that year, Tony? He had like 30 TDs and 30, 30 interceptions. Evans has over 1,200 targets through 10 years. Oof. Man, what a football player. Underrated as all hell, man. He is a great player. Mike Evans has been lining up in the slot a lot more this season. When that happens, who would you want to guard him? Can I tell you, man, this is going to sound weird. Man, would I, would I risk putting Sidney Brown on him? I, I think you need a big body on him. I, th- I think you need a big de- – because I don't think the Eagles have a guy that can defend him. Now, am I 100% sure that Baker Mayfield is going to make the right decisions? To me, it's not it's not the receiver. It's the quarterback. Dude, he's still Baker Mayfield. He's playing better. He totally is. But he's still Baker Mayfield. You know what I mean? He's still Baker Mayfield. <laughs> we can <coughs> sit here and debate that all we want. He's still Baker Mayfield. Okay. You got to play physical at, yeah, but they don't play. But see, here comes again, a problem that the Eagles have defensively. And it's been this way going into three years now. They're not a press coverage team. They're not a man cover team. Darius Slay has never been a very good man coverage corner. He's never been. He's a great center fielder. Mike better than AJ? Yeah, he is. I'll tell you what, AJ's not going to the Hall of Fame. Mike Evans is. Mike Evans is going to the Hall of Fame. Think DK Metcalf's going to get in there? We'll see. I don't know. Shit, the guy Michael Thomas. Shit, Antonio Brown has better numbers than AJ Brown. 
Look at Antonio Brown's numbers. Look at Antonio Brown. Okay? They are two different guys. But that's not how the Hall of Fame looks at it. They look at pass-catching wideouts, either slot or Y and Z. Um, It's kind of how they have always done it that way. They put them all in one pool, unfortunately. That's why you got a guy like Mark Bavaro who played in a different era tone that doesn't have all the big targets and big numbers, even though he was the prototypical prototype tight end back in the day. He'll never get into the Hall of Fame because he's put into the pool with Jay Novacek and guys like Jason Witten. And it's totally unfair, but that's just the way they vote. It's just the way it is. Okay? And, it, and it's not cool and how they do it. Yeah, but prior to last year, AJ's statistics aren't anything really out of hand great. 68 catches, 65 catches. I mean, the, I mean they were they're good. I mean, I could I could go find Hunter Renfro's numbers too. Prior to a couple of years, he play, he he had pretty good years. Or even that guy Adam Thielen. I mean, his number now was he not used correctly in Tennessee, and did that stunt his numbers? Yes. AJ Brown is not a better talent than Mike Evans. Plain and simple. He's just not a better target. Now, he's a great player, not not taken away. Dude, there's guys that are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven at every position in this league. Because you're the seventh best defensive tackle in the NFL, that's that's a great thing still. Okay, that's if you're the fifth best offensive tackle in the NFL, <laughs> how about right being Scottie Pippen? I'm going to make $20 million if I'm the fifth best tackle in the league. There's no shade on that. But Justin Jefferson is here. Devontae Adams is here. Tyreek Hill is here. And then there's everybody else. DK and AJ. So, hey, how about Debo last night? Debo Samuel looked good. AJ Brown's a baller Look, I'm not going to sit here and debate that. Evan says put. Really, I mean, I, I I had to put more respect around him. And I'm going to put more respect around him. Because I've not really, again, this is my fault for not covering the Buccaneers like I used to because I lived in Tampa, did morning drive in Tampa. Hey, remember something, guys. You know what's crazy? The Bucs got me fired. So don't sit here and tell me that I'm rooting for the Bucs. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were instrumental in me getting fired in Tampa. So don't talk to me about being a homer for the Bucs. Okay? I'm only saying both players are just at different points of their career. Okay? We'll see. We'll see how, he, how well he does this year. I think he's off to a decent start. I don't think I, I, I think both these guys are going to be right around thousand yards again. Hey, personally, I think Devontae Smith so far is faster out of the gate this year than AJ. 
Devontae's continuing. Even in the offense right now, I would say one of the high points on the offensive side is the continuing growth of Devontae Smith. Would that be fair? Here, he's the only guy that I would go like this so far offensively. Sills, who do you like offensively this year on the Bucks? Devontae, continuing to get better and better and better and better every time he steps on a football field. How about on defense? Jordan Davis. The two guys that are getting better are Davis, because we don't know Jalen Carter yet. We're watching him in his first year. It's not a fair comment to go like this. Holy, hey, look, I say it like everyone else too. He looks unbelievably great. He really does. But you know what's going to be part of this whole process for Jalen Carter now as we move closer and into the first part of the season, middle part of the season, and end of the season? Can he maintain it? You know what happened? Here, I haven't even really hit on this. Do you know what happens to most rookies? What do you think happens to most rookies? What would you think happens to a guy like Jalen Carter or anybody? What do you think happens? And it'll happen to Carter. What do you think happens to a guy like hit the mid wall, hit the mid season wall? Why? They're used to playing 13, 14 games. Those extra weeks, those extra practices, and if you're playing playoff, you're just not conditioned physically, mentally. Dude, it's an absolute grind. My rookie year, I'm not, I, we played 12 games back in the day. And when you got into your 13th and 14th week and you had two more weeks left of the season, you were out. I must have lost 25 pounds. Okay. So the question will be, I'll give, I'll give you a great Eric Dickerson story. Eric Dickerson was insane, though. His first year, you know, Eric Dickerson went for 1805 or 1,800-some yards. He had 346 carries. He said by the end of the year, he couldn't believe how exhausted he was. Next year, he conditioned himself. He went for the legendary 2105. Oh, in 16 games. He went for 2105. Okay, because he conditioned himself and he was ready in the playoffs. Can you imagine that? That guy had 4,000 rushing yards in two years. Had like 700 carries. I mean, Eric Dickerson is the greatest running back I've ever played against. And I played against Bo Herschel. He, he was the greatest running back I've ever played on. For now, would you have Jalen play one half of the field until he learns to read and look off defenders? Bear, that you're bear, what you're what you're saying is not a bad approach because Walsh did that with Montana for the first part of his career. He rolled him right and put him. Hey, maybe you put Jalen on the move more. I think Jalen's a pretty hey. 
Jalen's good on the pass and the move, right? I mean, running around. Maybe you do that. It'd be more of a threat. Maybe what that'll also do is take those DBs and push him back further. If they put him more on the move and more in like open field where he could throw the ball, that could be something to think about. And you could have Swift scraping across the bottom down there, get touches for him in the passing game. Could be something to think about. Because what, you, what they're doing is they're loading up the secondary and they're forcing the Eagles to be one-dimensional. And they have done it. The, so far, the Eagles are one-dimensional. But that's by design on what they're doing to them. Okay? That's by design. What, what, you know, you, hey, you know what I'll say to this so far with the Buffalo Bills? They righted the ship. Do you know how I would defend the Buffalo Bills? Do you know how I would attack Josh Allen? I would defend everything underneath. Do the best I can stop in the run. And I'd make him throw the ball deep. He has more turnovers throwing the ball deep than he does underneath now. Now, what you do is, though, when you're starting to take that away and he's throwing those more high-percentage passes, his turnovers are going to come down. It's actually a brilliant way to coach. What he's doing is Ken Dorsey's putting the offense coordinator in Buffalo, is putting him in a successful position to win. That's good coaching. Brian Johnson, fourth quarter. Put him in a better position to win. He went like this. Screw the passing game. It's too inconsistent right now. It's not horrible. It's too inconsistent. And plus, they're defending it. Why in the world, if you saw five DBs lining across the middle, five across, would you not run the ball and still force your passing game on that? Why would you do that? Ego? Not a good play caller? Wanting to get Jalen is, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you, can I tell you why? This is why, tone everyone, this is why I think Jalen Hurts made those comments at that press conference yesterday. The shit they're doing right now, they're taking the passing offense get away, and you know what else they're doing? They're taking limited touches away that you had a year ago. You had more drives last year. You're third in the NFL in three and outs. That wasn't the case last year, which gives you more or less opportunity for big plays, right? Common sense. You're third in the NFL and three and outs. Okay? JM goes Vegas has one of the worst defenses, and the Vikings don't? The Vikings don't? And they still held you to a one-possession game. <laughs> I mean, at home. At home. Hour number two. Please hit the like button. Hey, our good friends at Hooters, football and Hooters, both go together this fall. And by the way, we're going to be in town next week at the King of Prussia Hooters. We'll give you more details as we get into next week. But we look forward to seeing many of you there. By the way, too, with football, there's some college football tonight. This weekend, I can't wait for the Canes and Temple and also – 
Colorado, Oregon. I can't wait to watch that. Then Sunday football, then Monday night football. Look, guys, get it to any one of the seven locations in the Northeast area by going to northeasthooters.com. If you don't want to go into any one of the facilities, you can go to hooters2go.com, take all the grub home with you. Your own stadium and experience what I've known for over 40 years being involved with the great folks at Hooters. Try some of the 40-year traditions. 40th anniversary we have here. You buy 10 wings, 10 boneless for free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. That's the year the place was founded. Kids eat for free on weekends. On top of that, okay, six bucks, six items, fried pickles. Try the great items that are on that menu. NortheastHooters.com. Find one of those locations nearest to you. And when you're rolling to any one of the Hooters, do me a favor. You tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
Our number two, how much do you think that injury to Teron Diggs affects the Dallas Cowboys and their ability to get to a Super Bowl? How much do you think that hurts them? Trayvon, excuse me, Trayvon Diggs. Thank you, Scott. How much do you think that hurts them? A lot. Funny, the Cowboys are pretty deep from what I'm understanding. Deron Bland had five picks last year. That led the Cowboys in interceptions. They're pretty deep at that position. Um, now, look, if you told me they lost Michael Parsons, I think that's a huge deal. This year, it's a big deal. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not suggesting it's not. I think it's a big deal, too. But it's not a catastrophic deal. Because you know why? The Eagles have lost people, and the 49ers are going to lose people. Everyone's going to lose people. To me, again, this comes down to the war of attrition. If the Cowboys only lose, you know, if they only lose digs, and they can get to the NFC Championship game having only suffered that loss, you have to wait and see how the rest of the league, how it plays out. I think right now today, it's a big deal. But look, the Jets lose their quarterback. They're out of the picture. Diggs doesn't put the Cowboys out of the picture. You see what my point is? There's level of disasters. You know, they're, the Jets are not a Super Bowl. And I don't agree with people. The Jets are not a playoff team with what they have playing quarterback. They're not a playoff team. Okay. They're not. And, you know, I, I, I see people saying that the center and uh, Zach Martin, it's the Cardinals. Don't worry about it. The Cowboys are going to destroy that team. They're going to destroy them. The Cowboys might throw a goose egg up on that team defensively. I mean, they may have another, they may pitch another shutout. And on top of that, they got a heck of a D coordinator. They got a heck of a D coordinator. Now, I want to go over to the other side of the football with the Eagles here as you go through the weekend and get ready for Monday night. Um, if you're preparing for the – let me tell you what the Bucks are thinking right now and how they look at that Eagle defense. What's their biggest, what do you think is Baker Mayfield's biggest threat right now preparing an offensive game plan against the Eagle defense? Who's the one guy that scares you on that side of the ball? Is it Jalen Carter? Probably. Probably. It's Jalen Carter. I don't fear Reddick right now because Reddick's still nursing an injury. Now, 
Here's the thing about a guy like that, though. If you don't identify him and where he's lined up, you know, all of a sudden that guy's healthy and he has two sacks on you and two cause fumbles and you didn't prepare for him, you, you're, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. So for me, um, from what I'm understanding, they're going to run right at him. They are going to run the football right at Hassan Reddick. You're not going to run the ball at Josh Sweat. You're going to run the ball right at Reddick. He's undersized. And by the way, I mean, Brandy Graham's not playing well. I think he's okay. He looks old. I mean, we're starting to see Derek Barnett get a ton of snaps. Are we not? Am I right when I say that, Tone? Derek Barnett's getting significant snaps now. And Barnett, you're starting to see that thing kind of go the other way in snap count. Now, maybe they're trying to preserve him for um, later in the year. And, and by the way, no shade. He just, the amount of work he's getting is not a lot. Okay? So to me, I mean, Brandon Graham doesn't look like he's really like he was a year ago, and it just doesn't, even his get-off looks a little different. So the Bucks are going to run the ball at that side, and that's the run side of the offensive line as well. So they're going to run the ball there, okay? It just seems to me that Brandon Graham looks a little old this year. Right now the Bucks are averaging 2.9 yards per rush, Correct, they have no running game. I think they got 73 yards this past week, which was good enough just to get enough play action going. And their first game against um, Minnesota, when they went up there, they had no rushing yards almost. I mean, they have no running game. They've got to get a running game going. Okay? If they could get any, if they could get 115 yards against the Eagles rushing, if, I think that's a big test. Baker Mayfield will throw for 350 yards. It'll be the third straight quarterback to go over 300 yards against you. Because Evans will be going nuts. He'll, he'll, he'll go nuts. The key to that thing is you got to get a you got to get something in the run game. Something in the run game. Your linebackers, they don't give a shit about your linebackers. They think they're nothing. The safety position's a little inex- – here, here, I'll tell you exactly. They think your tackles are great. The group, your edge rushers, sweats very good. Graham, Reddick's hurt. Linebackers, nothing. Safeties, inexperience. Corners, one old, one coming off a concussion protocol. That's exactly how they're looking at them. Okay. JM goes, your takes are schizophrenic. The league's schizophrenic. One week you're preparing to run the ball. The next week you're preparing to throw the ball. One week you're preparing to throw middle screens. The next week you're preparing to throw the tight ends. One week you're preparing to throw deep 25-yard plus passes. That's how the league is. One, It's not built in one sandbox. That's ex- The league is schizophrenic. 
It's a great take, JM. It's a great take. There is no logic in game preparation in the NFL. It's personnel matchups. One week? Like, look, look. The first week, the Patriots had really great places where they could be a problem for the Eagles. They dominated your O-line. They were great in being able to throw the ball and pass protect. Their wideouts got wide. Their tight ends ate your linebackers up. Okay? The next week. And by the way, were the Eagles not schizophrenic in the Viking game? They tried throwing the ball. Then they realized they couldn't throw the ball. Or not not realized they couldn't throw the ball. That the Vikings couldn't stop the run. So they went there. That's, you call it schizophrenic, I call it in-game adjustments. Just different terminology, my friend. That's all it is. Rocksteady says, I'm telling you, Baker can get out of trouble. But you know what, Rock? I think that that's been a problem in his career because I think he is a little bit suspect when pressure comes in the pocket. I thought his pocket presence with pressure was one of the reasons why he struggled in Cleveland. I thought he struggled in Cleveland because of pocket presence. Okay, I did. I, I, I thought he, he took off too soon. Instead of sitting in there and taking a shot in the chops, you got to have some courage in there. And you got to take a hit back there. Your offensive linemen see that. You're taking a pounding back there, and you're still standing there. They're going to tend to block for you more. You take off running, that old line doesn't stay in pass probe as much. He's doing a better job of that, though, this year. Baker Mayfield, okay? So far, Baker has gone up against two of the worst D-lines in the NFL. The Eagles are a bit of a different animal. I don't really think your edge rushers have really gotten home. I mean, I don't. I, I think you're getting your pressure internally, but I wouldn't say that the, the pass rushing has been spectacular like he, like it was a year ago. I think it's been good. As a matter of fact, your pass rushing hasn't really affected any of these quarterbacks whatsoever. These quarterbacks have all had great games against them. So I mean, you know, it, I mean. It, that defense is not as good as people thinks it is. It's just not. And, and quite frankly, if you want to go with Tone's mentality, I'll throw this mentality at you. The Eagles have also played two of the worst rushing attacks so far. Now, I don't think I think New England's going to straighten it out. But Minnesota doesn't have a running attack. That's why they just got Cam Akers. I mean, that decision to move off of Dalvin Cook, it looks even dumber. You have no running attack. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Tone goes as a collective group, he, he respects it. I think they're okay. I don't think they're great right now. That linebacking core sucks. That secondary is not very good right now. The numbers dictate that. Mac Jones tore you up. I mean, Again, I mean, when I look at the Eagle defense and I look at the 49er and Cowboy defense, I don't see the same thing. Even the Jets defense, I don't see that. 
I don't see anything remotely close to that. I, I saw Hunter Henry own that linebacking core and safety core. I saw Reed Blankenship running in circles against the Patriots. I mean, to each his own, some, some will see a better defense than I do. Okay? No, I agree with you, Tone. I, 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 they did a nice job stopping the run against the Patriots. They did. I think the Patriots, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think they had 90-some yards rushing. Uh, I think it was somewhere in there, 90, maybe 107. Um, that's great when you hold them down there. And the Vikings had no running attack. Okay? But again, they're getting destroyed in the secondary by the passing game now. It's a passing league. Hasn't people realized what they're trying to do to the running back? They're trying to phase out the running back position. Okay? I mean... <laughs> I mean, the guy who had the best offensive performance so far has been your running back. Not anybody in the wide passing game. Um... That's a great one, too. Scott, that's true. That's true. That's the one point. And to me, that goes back to decide, too. Um, I, I think they have done a nice job at turnovers. That's something that they've kept up from a year ago. You know, as I said to you, the team that has done the best job so far this year on turnover takeaways and, you know, has been the Cowboys. They have no turnovers and they lead the NFL in turnover takeaways. That's why they look the way they do. Now, the Diggs injury is going to be something to keep an eye on, for sure. Okay, and personally, I do not believe the Cowboys have a... See, the Cowboys, I don't believe, have a lot of depth. But then again, I don't really think the Eagles do. I think they have great depth in their tackle position, defensive tackle. So far, Brandon Graham has looked old. Sweats look good. Here, I'll give you – here. This is how I look at the play. Sweats has been good. I like him a lot. Carter has been great. Jordan Davis doesn't even look like the same guy of a year ago. Fletcher Cox looks good. Milton Williams looks good. Brandy Graham? Hassan Reddick? Zach Cunningham? Better in the Viking game. Rest of those guys, I mean, Nicholas Morrow and them dudes, I don't know. You're, right? I mean, we're, we're not talking about an exceptional group right now. That's nothing near what it was a year. Like I said, I watched the 49ers last night. The 49ers, they're a better team. Now, it's September. That I give you. And if we learned anything from Diggs, and the injury, it's going to change weekly. You see, this is why a guy like some of you guys go like this. Cilio flip-flopped on the Dallas Cowboys. How could you not when you lose digs? Do you think you should still stick with something? Like, do you think people who said that the Jets are going to the Super Bowl do you think that they still have that opinion today?
Is that a flip-flop or is that reality? How many people still think the Jets are a Super Bowl team versus when Aaron Rodgers had the flag in his hand and he was running out on the Met life? It's not a pivot. It's reality. It's not a pivot. You lose digs and you, you just got, all of you just got through telling me it's a big loss. So you don't think that that's going to weigh on whether or not that team could potentially get to an NFC title game. Which is it, guys? Which is it? See, Callie Green still thinks the Jets are Super Bowl contenders then. Or playoff contenders, right, Callie? Even though Rodgers is there or not. You still think that. The same guy who was lying to you who said that Carson Wentz was a franchise quarterback when he finished second in the MVP voting. And you know that same stupid list that Hurts was third on this year? Wentz was third too. Talk to me about shit like that. Stupid conversation. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, yeah, no, here. Hey, the Cowboys are still the dominant defense, even though Diggs is not there. You guys listen to those. See, those guys must be 80 years old. Now, here, let's do this. What happens if the Bucks? Nah, I'm not going to go there because I don't like doing that kind of radio. What happens this and what that? I, I, I don't. I I wait for it to happen. Okay, I, I don't. I don't. I don't like doing that shit. Let's just see how this thing plays out on Monday. Bruce Arians. And the Buccaneers and how they're viewing Baker Mayfield right now. Um, where is that? Listen to this. Baker Mayfield, first guy in, last guy out, works with the young receivers, spends time with them after practice watching game film, preparing an attack versus the Eagles. What can work, what can't work. He's been everything we have hoped for. We heard a lot of different critiques of him. But he has knocked down almost all of them this early part of the season. He's made the organization pause at the direction that they're in right now, but it's early. Just like Jared Goff, just like Geno Smith, just like Ryan Tannehill. Maybe the grass is greener sometimes on the other side when you get to a better organization. Okay, maybe. Okay. Again, me building my team for the next three years. Like, when I look at the quarterbacks that are coming out into the NFL draft and I'm the Buccaneers 
and I have a chance to get a quarterback, do I want to hang my hat on Baker Mayfield versus Drake May, um, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Caleb Williams? Do, do I want to hang my hat on that? I, uh, me personally, if I'm Jason Light, I'm still in a, I'm, I, I'm still circling the airport on this one. Okay. I'm still circling the airport. I'm not landing on that thing yet. Now I'll tell you what, we saw this play out this past off season with Jared Goff. The Detroit Lions had two first rounders and they could have took a quarterback and they went in a different direction. Now, they took the kid Hooker at the top half of the draft, but not in the first round, the kid from Tennessee. So they kind of hedged their bets a little bit. Still, they went linebacker and running back. They got a guy to help golf, and they got a guy on the other side that could help stop the run and play in pass coverage in that kid Campbell. Jared Goff made the Detroit Lions pause. I thought they were going to make a move for a quarterback and move off that dude. Okay, I really did. And the Lions won nine games with him last year. Tell you what, I like the way Jared Goff is playing. Jared Goff is playing better football in his career. Dan Campbell's proven to be a good coach. Hey, they've done something in the last two years you've never done. That's beat KC. And they beat KC in KC. Opening night. Well, this guy wasn't there. That guy wasn't there. I know. Come up with everything on the planet. They're still the Lions. They're still the Lions. They dumped this last week's game, I still think. They got to learn how to win. A lot of expectations on that football team. But Jared Goff, Jared Goff doesn't hurt them. By the way, I'm not suggesting in any way that Jalen Hurts hurts the Eagles. Not at all. As a matter of fact, there's really nobody that's in that organization that is hurting the Eagles' chances of being a successful football team each and every single year. I don't see anybody, how he gets in the way a little bit sometimes where I don't think he should be. But again, it's a philosophy that, hey, if he has something, there's two things maybe I hate. He does 70 things great. You eat those two things and you go, whatever. Okay? You go, whatever. You know? I mean, so far to me, I think he's pretty good on the Desai hire. I think the Brian Johnson I think these, hey, Of all the pro, of all the things that are going on in the NFC, this or like again, the 49ers look great. Well coached. But to me, you know what that team has to do? They were consistent a year ago. They have to stay healthy and they got to run through the tape. The 49ers are not going to be gauged on what they do on a Thursday night against the shitty Giants. The same way that, hey, by the way. You know, maybe I should really kind of like reel that into a little bit. 
really doesn't matter, really, does it? What the Eagles are looking like and what they're doing now. Who gives a shit? Quarterback's making $50 million. He either wins the Super Bowl or he doesn't. After that, all bets are off. Same with Lamar Jackson. Same with Justin Herbert. Same with Patrick Mahomes. Same with Joe Burrow. Same with Josh Allen. Who gives a shit? If they don't make it to... What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The NFC title game. What are we talking about here? Right? Brock Purdy's played great. I thought he's played some pretty good football right now. 49ers look spectacular. Cowboys look spectacular. Okay? Spectacular. Now, let me ask you this about this game Monday night. Um... You know, one thing about Purdy, too, before I move on, he gets that ball out of his hand quick. You know, there's no pump fakes. He's really good looking right now, man. Last pick in the draft. You know, financially, 49ers are in a great place. They are in the best place in the NFL. Brock Purdy is their quarterback. And that may save that whole Trey Lance thing. Hey, um, Niner, all day. You might have a quarterback lead the team to a Super Bowl making less than a million bucks for the next two years. How about that? And can you imagine? Purdy took a team to the NFC Championship game two years in a row, and he makes less than 900 grand, or he makes less than a million. He makes like 937. That's crazy. That's why you could pay. Nick Boza, you could pay Debo Samuel. You could pay Fred Warner. You could play Hufanga. You could play all them guys. George Kittle, Trent Williams. Guys making less than a... That guy may be... How about this? How about a Super Bowl winning quarterback making less than a a million bucks? That's Moneyball. And all the $50 million guys are playing golf somewhere in the Bahamas. That would be, whoa. That's a story. Well, he made it to the NFC title game. Making 900 grand. So it's not like it's not out of the realm of possibilities. And he is 3-0. and So let me get this right. This, so... You know, what's 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 the, the 49ers, what'd they go last year? How many wins did the 49ers have last year? How many wins did they have? I know it was a collection of guys. They had like Trey Lance. 
And um, they had Trey Lance, and I think Garoppolo played a little bit too. Then they had this guy. Per- Did they go 13 and four? Okay, 13 and four. And this year they're three and oh. Uh huh. That's 16 and 16 and four. So they've won 16 of the last 20 games. And the Eagles, they go 14 and three last year, and they're two and oh. And they're 16 and three over the last 19. Not counting the Super Bowl, talking regular season. So the 49ers as a team, um, have won 16 of 20 ball games with three different quarterbacks. And Purdy's now 3-0. and And the Eagles are 16-3. and I'm not going to count. I'm talking regular season here. Um, and they won 16-19. The Niners have better personnel than you. Giants' first team since 2008 Rams under 100 first half yards since first three games of season. Niner fans can't brag. Giants are sloppy. So are the Steelers. Okay. Steelers too? All right. Oh, what, what, hey, Tone, is he 7-0? Purdy went 7-1 last year, including the playoffs. So what is he, what is he like 10-0? So Purdy's 10 and 0. Am I right in the last regular season games? He's 8 and 0. Well, he played three games this year. Okay, I mean, he's 3 and 0 this year. So he's 8 and 0. Okay. Um Okay. Niners are winning a lot of games. Giants do stink. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wins matter for Purdy, not Hurts. No, I'm, I I was talking about the you guys bring up nineteen and one all the time or whatever that thing is. I just you know want you to be in context here that if you Niners win a lot of games too. And by the way, they're finishing in the on the podium. <laughs> Who cares, right? Mike Purdy looks good though. He does, man. I, I tell you what, I like the way he gets the football out of his hands. I really do. I like the way he gets that ball out of there. So wait a minute here. The Steelers stink. The Steelers stink. The Giants stink. <laughs> hey, way to go, guys. Hey. <laughs> oh, man. How many people believe the Vikings aren't going to make the um, – the Vikings are going to make the playoffs. Giants are clearly not going – hey, the Commanders are better. I think the Commanders are better than the Giants. I think many of us said that. Okay? No Barkley. It's called the NFL, my friends. Got to deal with Seattle. What's funny, are the Niners thinking they have a chance? <sighs> if they lose Sunday, they'll trade Cousins to New York. 
Kirk Cousins to the Jets? Kirk Cousins to the Jets? Kirk Cousins to the Jets. Isaac goes, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Purdy shoulda had four INT. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> yeah. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Shoulda had this, shoulda had that. Shoulda had this. No Super Bowls in September. No, but if you go 0-3, you ain't going nowhere near the Super Bowl. Vikings won't trade Cousins unless they go 1-5, says Maniac. By the way, Philly Godfather is with us at 5.30 Eastern time. Yes, sir. Latin Inferno. Cousins to... Hey. Hey, Bear. That's a good one. No, because Nathaniel Hackett is in New York. No way would Wilson go to New York. And the Jets, that Bronco, no way would they trade for him. No way. They would trade for Kirk Cousins before they would trade for Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson, who's Denver played this week? They play Miami. I think Russell Wilson could lose his job if he doesn't beat the Miami Dolphins in Miami. And I don't believe they are going to. We're going to go over that list here in a minute. Okay? I think he could lose his job this week. And they're going to be looking to trade him. Somebody is going to look at Russell Wilson, who loses a quarterback. Okay? Wilson looks like he's washed up. Man. So let me ask you this then. Russell Wilson falls off the planet like that. All great quarterbacks struggle, correct? So Russell Wilson, coming out of his confines of being up in Seattle, the grass wasn't greener on the other side, was it? Pete Carroll's a better coach than Sean Payton. They won in Seattle as a group and together. You see, Russell Wilson thought he was going to pull a Brady. Well, Brady did it. I can do it. Russell Wilson's not Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, he, he's not. Matthew Stafford went to a great play-calling head coach. Sean McVay is 10 times the coach Sean Payton is. That guy went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. You forget that. And lost 14-7. He went to a Super Bowl with golf. Won one with Stafford. Still the youngest head coach in the NFL today. He's been in like nine years. Crazy number. That's a great coach. Doesn't matter who his signal caller is. Guy's going to get you there, man. You love golf now? Um, yeah, I hated him. When he, when Jeff Fisher was his coach, he blew. Absolutely. Well, wait a minute. Let's go by Senor's thought process. 
This is what Senor says. Jared Goff got fired in Los Angeles. He looked inconsistent and horrible after that Super Bowl. So much so, the Rams quit on him. Anybody in their right mind would have went like this. Wow. Then he gets traded like he was garbage to the Lions to get Stafford to Los Angeles. Stafford goes up there, or golf goes up to Detroit and turns his career around. But Senor would rather have me sit here and say, Jared Goff still sucks. That's not evident. I don't understand how people don't give people credit for the improvement of one's career or one's career going the other way. What are you watching? I don't watch football like that. I don't stick on a take. If the player gets better or worse, 99.9% of all Eagle fans, you changed too. You flip-flopped on Carson Wentz. You flip-flopped on him. You flip-flopped on the Hertz pick. Don't make that sound dumb like you are. Golf refined his game in Detroit. He surely did, Brandon. He surely did. Sports is a contradiction. Sometimes you're playing great. Sometimes you're not. Like, look at the criticism, Bill. Hey, so do you think criticizing Bill Belichick is fair or not fair right now? He won all those Super Bowls. Do you think criticizing Belichick today is fair or not fair? What would you say to that? Do you mean how many people look at Belichick today is, is, is Bill open for criticism for his draft picks? That Patricia thing a year ago? Derailing Mac Jones a bit? Not getting offensive personnel in the building? Is he open for criticism? Here's a guy that won six rings. Is he open for criticism? Yes or no? Belichick's the GOAT. I didn't ask you that. His legacy will never be Thought of in a different... I don't look at it like this. Well, Belichick, the back end of his career. Look at Don Shula. What did Don Shula win? He won nothing with Dan Marino. Nothing. Does that diminish Don Shula's resume? Honestly. Do you really think Don... Look, Don Shula's last 15 years of his career, they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. Do you think that diminishes Don Shula's legacy and what he meant to the league? They're still good, but aren't keeping up with the AFC. Well, Yale, that's my point. Do you not think that's open for criticism? You see, here's the one thing, too. You got to remember something. This is why Pittsburgh, you can't go, you really can't shit on Mike Tomlin or the Steelers. Why? Well, They've had three head coaches since 1969. They may go through some downtimes, but it's not catastrophic downtimes. The Steelers are going to win a Super Bowl again sometime in the next 10 years. And why would you say that, Dan? Because they always do. As long as the Roonies own that team, the Steelers are going to be back to being contenders again. 
because that's what the Steelers are. They don't believe in turnover. They don't believe in signing a ton of free agents. They believe in self-evaluation and self-development with their draft choices. That's why they land on a ton of wideouts. John Stallworth and Antonio uh, Brown were not first-rounders. They found these guys in later rounds. I mean, the Steelers are the gold standard in how you stay stable. Shitbag Peyton wants to wristband Wilson. You know why, Bear? That's to let everyone know it is a scarlet letter that Wilson is not the player he once was. So they're going to something that the player has to wear now because the coach is not confident in him that he knows what he's asking him to do in a game. You can't be any more insulting than that. Sean Payton, I have no respect for that guy. So you're going to take a shit on a guy who's a true Hall of Famer who might not be the player he was a couple years ago. You were never the coach that people think you are. You were never that guy. Russell Wilson, the problem with him, he doesn't have Marshawn Lynch. Pete Carroll knew that. The only thing that kept him playing well in Seattle, they always had a running game. Always had a running game. When Marshawn Lynch Lynch was the star of that offense, not Russell Wilson. And when they took the football out of Marshawn Lynch's hand in that second Super Bowl, and he threw that pick, that's when that relationship with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll went the other way. Take a look at it. Am I wrong? That team was never the same after that interception. That team was never the same. And when Beast Mode left the building, their Super Bowl chances left the building. Okay? Pete Carroll lost that game. Wilson threw the pick. Shit, I'd rather have him run it in. Why didn't he? He was on the one. By the way, if I am a quarterback and I'm on the one-yard line, and I have Marshawn Lynch behind me, and I'm Tom Brady, I'm either doing a quarterback sneak or I'm handing it to that guy. I'm not taking a chance at a tip pass. It's a high percentage turnover play. I'm handing it to that dude behind me. I'm trying to win the game here, not trying to be the star of the game. That's the problem you have with some of these coordinators. I told you, some coordinators want to put yards and points up. Some coordinators want to win games. And I got to tell you, Brian Johnson, for the first time in that Minnesota game, showed me he's about trying to win the game. We're not throwing it. Took the ball out of Hurts' hands. And put it into the offensive line and into the running game. Right thing. Hey, You don't think Bill O'Brien has taken the game sometimes out of Brady's hand? Hey, when they won that Super Bowl 14-7, to 
over the Rams, did they not take the ball out of Brady's hand? How many yards did Brady throw for in that game? Was it what, like what, 154? I mean, how many yards did he throw against the Eagles and lose? Did he, didn't he throw for like 500 yards against you guys? And he lost that game. How many yards did he throw for in that Super Bowl against the Rams? 150? They took the ball out of his hands. Said, we're going to run this thing. Okay? Brady had 500 yards. I mean, that that 14-7 game, Brady, oh, he threw for 262. I thought he threw, I thought there was a super, I thought he had a Super Bowl where he threw for 154. I thought he, I thought that maybe I'm, I'm talking about the wrong Super Bowl. I thought he had 154 yards in one of the Super Bowls. And they took the ball out of his hand. I thought he had, I thought he had a, um, a game where he, Brady's Super Bowl stats. I thought I thought he had a game where he where he only threw for oh it was the first one against St. Louis he threw for 145. That's it right there. Thanks, Tone. He had 145 in that game and then he threw for 201 in that Kansas City game. Not a really awesome over the top game there, but he, it was the it was the first one against the Rams. They took the ball out of his hands. Threw for 145. 145. That was defense, special teams. Vinatieri won that Super Bowl. Man, I can't believe he's been to 10. (laughs) That's insane, man. Okay? That's insane. They had never looked back after that. He went, him, Brady Super Bowls. Um... After that Super Bowl, 32 of 48, 354 against Carolina. 23 of 33. The Giants, he threw for 266, 29 of 48. The Giants, 27 of 41, 276. Atlanta threw for 460. Brady's two Super Bowls, Atlanta and Philly, 466, 505. Holy shit. He threw for 1,000 yards in two games. Crazy. Then 201 in the final one. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Tremendous. Never see anything like that ever again in pro football history. Okay, so Monday's game. By the way, we're going to take a look at the upcoming week three of the NFL. I think there's going to be some surprises this coming week. Um, what are you looking for? What kind of performance are you looking for against the Bucks? Seals, you're... Your takes are off the charts. Have to stop paying attention to the ones you can put in a thimble. Okay. Um, what are you looking for? 
in that game on Monday. I hope, I hope somebody says it. What are you looking for in that game on Monday? Strong run game. Looking for a better third down defense. I like Yale, and I like what you guys are, are saying. Look, win the game. That's going to be a one-possession game, okay? It's going to be a one-possession game again. It's in, 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 I'm looking for the Eagles to win first and third down. Tone knows what he's talking about, man. You put somebody second and eight, and then third and seven, you win ball games. Right. The one thing we saw last year that the Eagles were so dynamic at, I rarely saw that team in third and ten. It was always third and two, third and one, fourth and one, fourth and inches. Very rarely was it third and ten. Your three and outs have to stop. Okay. They absolutely have to stop. Look, looking for your excuses for our 3TD victory. What 3D? We, you haven't had that yet. Barry, the Bucks are 2-0. I know, they're playing well. Or how about this? They're more, they're surprising. Quan, Quan's given us like um, wishful thinking. They're still creating the identity. Yeah, why would they have to try to recreate their identity? Don't they know who they are going? I thought the I thought the Eagles knew who they were. And one of the very few teams that know, I tell you what, when I watch the 49ers, they know who they are. They want to spread people out and they want to get the ball in the hands of Kittle. Debo Samuel, Ayuk when he's healthy, and McCaffrey. And they want to get that ball quick to them. It's three-step, five-step, and it's to them. They got an identity, man. They can run it. They can catch it. They're balanced. They play great balanced defense. That's a good-looking football team. You bet, man. Now, they got a lesser schedule than you. That's why they're they're probably going to win more games than you this year. They don't play the tougher teams like you do. Okay, you played a tougher schedule, one of the absolutely toughest schedules in the NFL. You're not going to have as many wins as San Francisco. Well, that don't mean you're not going to play better by the end of the year. I'm, I tell you this all the time. You can have more wins than someone, be in a shitty division. Then you go play like the um, when the when the Giants played the Patriots and they were undefeated. The Giants were 10 and 6. It beat them in a the Super Bowl. Who gave a shit about being undefeated and winning and being 17 and 0 or 18 and 0? Who cared about it? You know what I'm saying? Who cared? Nobody cares about records in the NFL. Okay. Last time I checked, you lost people in the offensive side. So you think Miles Sanders and Isaac Sayamalo has. Forced you guys into having a new offensive identity? 
Really? You really think you need a new offensive identity? Having lost Isaac Sayamalo and Miles Sanders. Wow, that's quite an impact then for you to let those guys walk out the building. That, that, that's quite that's quite a thing. So you knew it was going to impact your team that much, that you would stumble coming out of the gate. How about this? I don't want to use that word stumble. How about this? Wobble. Out of the gate offensively. So you thought those two guys would cause that much chaos. Okay? The old line isn't the same. So Sayamalo is the reason why your quarterback has seven sacks. You know, an old line is a lot different than a D line. Maybe Sayamalo is more of a lost. Hey, I don't know, Tone, right, everyone? Maybe Sayamalo is more of a loss. Coaches stop being stubborn, passing game through run. Not the other way. Sirianni's first year all over again. Little bit. Little bit. Little bit. See, look, you got to remember something about playing defense. Every single defensive football player on the D-line can make a mistake. And one guy play his technique and make a play and have a tackle for loss. If one guy on the O-line makes a mistake, it's catastrophic for the entire unit. You've got to have more chemistry to play O-line. That's why it's hard. I think it's harder to play O-line. I think you have to be more athletic to play defensive line. That's why you see D linemen come into the league and, wow, the guys, you put them in a position, you see these guys playing right away, they're good. That's why you see most of the great offensive linemen you see most of the great offensive linemen are older guys, 33, 32, 30. The best years for old linemen are probably 28 to 36. It's a tough technique, man. Playing old line's a tough deal. And remember, because you're, you're backpedaling. In my opinion, play calling is more than just reading a sheet of paper. You have to have a feel for sequencing you got to establish the chemistry with the quarterback. I think they figure it out ultimately. The way, and you know what, Tom, before I take a time out here, you know how I, if I were a play caller in today's NFL and I had someone like Hertz, I think it's really hard to coach, coach Jalen Hurts. Now, don't take that where I say, Jalen Hurts is difficult to coach. That's not what I'm saying. I think it's very – I think it's easy to sit here and go like this off a play sheet. Tell me if you don't agree with this. I think if I have a seven-step drop quarterback, I've got a list of 22 plays um, that I'm going to have for my quarterback because here's the one dynamic I don't have. I may have kind of a rollout for him. He may – Patrick Mahomes runs because he's getting away from pressure. He doesn't have very many run design plays. And that's not something I'm looking to do to move the chains. So if I got a play chart for Mahomes, this is all about completion percentage. 
not having high turnover plays down the field plus 25. This is going to the intermediate passing like Brady. This is why I think you got to study more if you're going to be Tom Brady versus more Jalen Hurts. Because when you add the dynamic to running the ball in there, shit, man. Then you're going to get people that are disgruntled. How come we're running the ball? We're not throwing the ball. Hey, I came here. I make $20 million. You got all that shit to deal with. I think it's a tough – I think it's really tough to coach Jalen. I think it's a tougher deal because you got to get you got to get a running game going. And you know how Brady – how many times did you see Brady get the running game going with the intermediate passing in the short passing game? I mean, name me really great backs they had. Hey, Yale, the great running backs that they had up there, Corey Dillon – the kid that they sent to um, the Rams, the Georgia guy was good. Lamar White or Smith early. The Garrett Blunt was more of a goal line guy. Quan's absolutely bull face line. I never said Hurts is uncoachable. Again, made up. Okay, must be a Democrat. Sonny McKay, yeah, I thought he was good. Blunt was more of a red zone guy, <clears throat> okay? He, he he was more of a red red zone guy. Quan, I got to take a time out, man. I got to, hey, sorry, man. Hey, wait a minute, Quan, I can't, I can't stop laughing, okay? Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, you got me good. Hey, you got me good there, Quan. Power hour coming up. Philly Godfather. <laughs> oh, Quan, you got me good, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus Christ. Hey, don't forget, man. I, we're going to be in town next week. You got me, bro. You did. You win. Hey, you won that hour, Quan. <laughs> hey, make sure you come check us out at the King of Prussia next weekend, man. NortheastHooters.com, one of the seven locations nearest to you for you to come in and enjoy yourself. <laughs> for you to enjoy yourself and experience what I've been talking about for a long time. Look, all the great football going on, Hooters2Go.com, if you don't want to go into any one of the locations. Also try some of our specials. Buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless. Wing Wednesdays, 1983, all you can eat. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. Six items, six bucks. NortheastTutors.com. When you go to any one of the locations, please do me a favor. You tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. here but i want to ask you something here hour number three philly godfather will join us so i saw a interview that brett bear did with saudi arabia's crown prince Mohammed bin salaman and i didn't know what this phrase meant by sports washing i had to look it up i guess you invest in a country's passions like the eagles and what you do is you're cleaning your own issues that you have in your own country when it comes to like um, equal rights or gay rights or what have you. Um, and what it does is it's called sports washing. And from what I understand, the crown prince said, oh, yeah, we're going to invest in the NFL and Major League Baseball. They're going to start investing and putting money in. How do you feel about that? Having Saudi Arabia, they already own the PGA. How would you feel about them owning the Eagles or investing in the Eagles? Would it matter to you? I I, I heard him say they're going to keep doing it. Okay, dude, Chris, he has the money, you think? (laughs) That guy could probably buy the NFL, all 32 teams if he wanted. Hey, yeah, China owns the NBA pretty much. How would you feel about that? Would it matter to you? Like, does it matter to you? Your phones are made. See, I, I I don't know how to think about that. I was like this. 
man, I go to Lincoln Financial. I don't give a shit who owns the team, really. I care the Eagles are playing. Am I supposed to care about that? Yeah, the Russian right, that oligarch. That's right, Quan. I yeah. But am I, I do, do am I am I supposed to care about that? Not 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 a massive topic here. I just I thought I saw that and I had to look up sports watching and I had no idea what that term was. It's like cleaning your soul for the injustices of your own country by investing in American sports teams or teams around the world. I, I was like, wow, they're coming up with all these psychotic phrases now. I, I, I mean, right. I don't, I don't know. All right. Let me move on to this now. Tell me who this is. Tell me who this is. One. An 11 record in prime time. 61.9 completion percentage in prime time. 194 passing yards in prime time. 12 TDs, 16 picks in prime time. And a quarterback rating of 70.6. Who am I? <laughs> Ty, that's a great name, Ty. Danny Dumps. <laughs> Danny Dumps. Holy shit, you gave that guy 40. Hey, Tone, is it 46 or 48? I don't know, Baker. <laughs> You hey, you gave that guy forty six million dollars for that shit. Wow, dude, the Giants are never gonna be good again. They are never gonna be good again. So you're trying to get rid of Barkley, and you're gonna get rid of Barkley. You brought no receivers in. You resigned a bum quarterback. Your coaches, hey. Okay, watch this. If I'm getting on the if I'm getting on if I'm getting on the Eagles here, what do you think they're doing in New York? Now again, that's 0-2 versus 2-0. And there's no way the Eagles look like that giant team. I mean, get this. The Eagles playing the way they are now. Here's the score of the Eagles Giants game. In my opinion, here's what would be the score of the Eagle Giants. 35-10? Maybe. 35-7? Right? I mean, 35-10? I'll give you 10. And they're not even playing good ball right now. And I still think that, dude, how did the Eagles lose all that personnel and the Giants not take advantage of that and not get better. Darren Waller. Tony and I were both saying this. Darren Waller's not going to make you better. And I mean better enough where you're going to beat teams like San Francisco, Dallas, or New, or uh, the Eagles. You adding Darren Waller was not going to beat the Eagles. You, you, you have done nothing 
Remember what I told you when it comes to building a team. The first thing you start with is, I've got to draft versus the teams that are in my division. I've got to beat my division opponents because I play them twice. They're going to have schematics on me. They're going to have knowledge of my personnel on me. You see them all the time. The Giants got worse. Danny Dimes' whole line is awful. When they play us, he's going to get killed. So wait a minute. Dirty D. Then they should have signed Andre Dillard. Or Isaac Sayamalo. More so than Darren Waller. <laughs> Darren Waller. Look at what Hunter look, hey, look at what Hunter Henry did. Look at the handful he was. Right, Tone? Look at Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is a handful for the Eagles. You could have a guy, Hunter Henry, to match up versus the lesser talented linebackers in Philly. You didn't need to have the highest paid tight end in the league. You needed to have Sayamalo. You know what I would have done? Instead, of, I would have saved a ton of dough and a third-round pick. I would have signed Sayamalo and Andre Dillard my two new guards, and I would have hired somebody like Giesick. And Mike Giesick's still better than your linebackers. Because if that guy Waller's not an impact player and he's hurt, it's a waste of a move. He brings nothing but cap hell to you. The fundamentals in New York right now, since Jerry Reese... The general manager has left, along with Tom Coughlin. By the way, that franchise has not been the same since Coughlin left the building. That's how you build. That's how Howie builds his team. Dude, you build your team how your division is set up. Trent Williams versus Derek Barnett. How many penalties will both teams receive in punches thrown? You might have to get Dana White in for that one. Hey, you could get me any guy, any tight end, and I'm going to beat the Eagles. Anyone that's decent. Hunter Henry would. Ki- Hunter Henry gave you problems. I didn't need to have Darren Waller's $18 million on my payroll and surrendering a third round pick you didn't help your team that thing last night was a train wreck offensive line wise so you have a 46 million dollar quarterback and a two dollar offensive line solid 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 the Giants have no fundamentals on how to build and compete against the Giants. Or the Giants have no comprehension on how to beat Philly right now. They have no understanding of how to beat them. If I'm the Cowboys and I'm Washington, do you know exactly what I'm doing? I'm getting tight ends. I'm getting stronger in D-line and O-line and edge rushing because i got to come after Hurts. And right now, the Eagles don't have any linebackers or safeties. What am I doing? I'm getting a pass catcher like Christian McCaffrey 
I'm getting tight ends because the Eagles can't cover tight ends. They haven't been able to cover tight ends in two years. It can't cover them. Okay? But before you get a, a top quality tight end, you better have an old line like the Eagles do. See, the Eagles can afford to move off of Zach Ertz. Why? Nobody thought Goddard was going to be better, but he is. But you can do that shit when you got an old line like Philly does. By the way, I'll tell you one of the things that's a little bit disheartening to hear around the league is that people are more down on the offensive line of Philadelphia than they are in the quarterback. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Now, I get it. The center looks old. And Lane has not played well. He has not played well. And Malata played well against the Vikings and was not very good at all against New England. Actually, I think the guard play by Landon Dickerson has been good. Lane Johnson has not played well. He's not graded well. And the right guard, it's suspect. Okay. Scott, you, Scott goes like this. I haven't heard that. So you think Gavin Jalen have seven sacks, almost four a game, and your quarterback getting hit more in the passing game. You think they've played good? Or do you think they had a good quarter against the Vikings running the ball? Again, your quarterback, you've given up seven sacks. Seven. I don't think Lane's played well. I think he's played okay. I, don't, I wouldn't go, that was last year. Then again, he's going to be playing great coordinators here. Got another guy coming up. By the way, Shaq Barrett will be on him. Probably think he'll handle him. Think he'll handle him. Last week, they played great. No, they didn't. Pass protecting? No, they did not. They played great. Guy throws for 300 and 45 yards um, against that defense. And they played great against the Vikings' defense. The Vikings were even hitting him. And they suck out loud. Vikings had one of the worst defenses in the league. And they were still hitting Jalen. They did well in the run. No shit. That's how you won the game. You didn't win it because of your passing game. Huh. You pass. Hey, by the way. Your running backs are atrocious in pass protection. Every single last one of them. Gainwell plays because he's a be he's probably the best pass protector. Horrific grades by the running backs. More so than, and, and it's totally hurt the line. Your running backs are terrible pass protectors. It's totally the reason why Rashad Penny's not playing. Completely why he's not playing. He cannot pass protect. The Eagles found this out. They know this. I think Lane is still dealing with that hernia surgery. I think they're throwing new things at him. Okay? I do. But once again, I just want to make sure so so many people out there can like understand. I said pass protection. You're pass protecting. Okay. I think.
the aspect of the game that gets lost or just doesn't get talked about is the poor pass pro from the running back. Absolutely. It that is carried over to some of the deficiencies in the pass protection with the guys up front and the five guys. Absolutely. Because you know what you do, Tone? You know, when 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 you when the quarterback comes to the line of scrimmage and Jason Kelsey makes an odd or even call, I think when teams Blitz hurts. It makes the O-line look. It does. Here, here. This is how it happens. Jalen will come to the line of scrimmage. And the first thing that will be said from Jason Kelsey will be odd even. Odd even means a man over him or a man on a shade or a forefront. Okay. Odd is nose guard on the nose of the center, which means what? Center's got to get the ball quicker because he's got a guy on his nose. Which means this. You're more open to A, the two A gaps on blitzes internally. And what's the one thing still we're still looking at when it comes to Jalen? Internal pressure up the middle. That's where he's been feeling it. So they're putting a lot of odd fronts on them. And Kelsey hasn't played the greatest. So what's happened is, When Kelsey goes like this, odd, odd, he's going to slide. And he's going to try to pick up either the nose or the blitzing backer. Well, if you don't have a running back who understands that, I'll tell you what, Zeke Elliott, in my opinion, the reason that Zeke Elliott's in New England is because he's a heck of a pass-protecting running back. He's really great in pass protection. I mean, he does not get fooled back there. And to me, what's happened is Jason has had to stay on the nose, which means what? The running backs have to take on those blitzing backers or stronger free safeties. They're doing a poor job of it. They're just doing a poor job of it. How he has to invest next year, uh, draft picks on two quality defensive guys to give us a shot. You know, but 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 here too, Bear, I would say this. You don't have to go first round with linebackers or safeties. You can get guys that are really good in the second and third round. I think they need another edge rusher and a corner in the first round next year. I'd go corner and edge. Okay? Corner and edge. That's That's where I would go. If I'm going – first round to me is corner and edge. Um – and then in the second, third rounds, um, safety, linebackers, somewhere in there. They need a complete overhaul of that second level and third level defensive. Uh, you're going to need a corner because Slay's not on the team next year. We need to get Sidney Brown on the field more. He's got to play a little bit more patient. By the way, he's got to be a better tackler. He's a spearer. And what I mean by that is he's not a very good open field tackler. He's totally got to be better at that. Um, Eagles, Eagles haven't had a good pass pro running back since. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt was outstanding. There's no reason Devontae Smith should be better in pass pro than a running back. That's a great take. It absolutely is. All right. It is time, my friends. It is absolutely time. My boy, Philly Godfather, and I are going to go over week three of the National Football League. 
And we're going to get his takes. Also, some college games. You can catch his show, by the way, right here on Jacob Sports and also on Sirius XM. Here's our friend, Philly Godfather. How are you, my friend? What's going on, big guy? Had to do a wedding. So, uh, so let, me, let me jump on the Dan Cilio show real quick and give out some winners. <laughs> How about this, man? Give me your synopsis so far the first two weeks of the Eagles. I mean, they've been underperforming. They're 2-0, which is a blessing. Uh, two gifts. Uh, but the sports betting market, they don't like what they see. And this line on Tampa Bay, it opened up with the Eagles being seven-point favorites. It's down to four and a half. So think about that. While other teams like the Cowboys – the look-ahead line on the Cowboys-Cardinals game was only minus seven. That's up to 13. So the sports medic market's bullish on the Cowboys, and they're not bullish on the Eagles as of right now. So when you see the Eagles, from, I, if I'm not mistaken, that's like from a Monday seven to where they are now at four and a half. I mean, when you see a dramatic drop and you see the money going towards the Bucks home field, they're 2-1-0, they're playing – surprisingly well you, you you look at you think people in that have the bags of money are going like this you have to be determined how good this team is yeah no one's looking to invest in this eagles team as of right now but things might change moving forward but from what we've seen on the defensive side of the ball and there, there there's a couple guys that are banged up but nothing impresses us on the defensive side of the ball and jalen hurts has been rusty his numbers haven't looked great either, so they're having some issues on the offensive side of the ball. Like I said, two gifts against the Patriots and against against the Vikings. I mean, four turnovers and that gift before halftime. I mean, you can consider that a turnover, too, by Jefferson. So if you're barely winning games and not covering the spread and the opposing team's turning the ball over five times, well, you've got some issues moving moving forward. Well, since I'm not, I'm not having you on Monday, who are you going to take in that game? Well, last week I told you guys, while we were on the show, I bet the Buccaneers plus seven. Um, I also like the over here. I think Jalen Hurts has a pretty good game. This Bucks pass defense, not one of the best in the league. 24th in opposing uh, yards per pass attempt. Uh, 23rd in opposing uh, yards per game. Uh, their, their run defense is really good, but uh, uh, their big guy, their run stopper is out. Uh, Vitae, I think he's banged up. Some guys banged up on both these defensive lines headed into this game, and both corners on both teams are a little banged up as well. So I'm expecting some points. I went over 44, 45. You can go over 46. Uh, I think they're going to score some points here. And this Tampa Bay pass rush, so far, I mean, they're the sixth best in the NFL after two weeks. So this Eagles offensive line has to really contain them. And they haven't done it in the first two games of the season. They've given up seven sacks already. So there was all this talk about how great this Eagles offensive line is. And Hanks has gotten sacked seven times already in two games. And this is one of the better pass uh, sack uh, defenses in the NFL. So they got to do their jobs this week. Absolutely. The uh, line opened at seven. It's now four and a half. And the Godfather's going with the Buccaneers. And he took the seven when it was first posted. Last night, 49ers dominant game, 30 to 12 over the Giants. Are they the best team in the NFC, in your opinion? No, I don't think so. I think it's the Dallas Cowboys. The speed on that Cowboys defense, to me, is the difference maker. I think Dak is better than uh, Purdy. Uh, the coaching advantage, if you want to give it to Shanahan, that's fine. But I don't think Purdy's arm can beat you in the playoffs against the better teams, against the better quarterbacks. Uh, they're going to really have to scheme to go deep in the playoffs this year. But they're stacked. I mean, they beat a Giants team that the Cowboys blew out 40 to nothing. And they looked like they had some issues in that first quarter, in the first half. A couple things bounced their way. They had a deflected pass that they scored a touchdown on. Um, so, you know, the, the score wasn't a clear indicator. 
of how close the game was, but the Giants just stink. Let's be honest with this. That's a bad team. That's a bad team. So with that Arizona game, it I, I got 12 and a half. So you're still you're saying it's 13 right now? It's up to 13. I bet it like four weeks ago, five weeks ago, I'm sorry, Dallas minus six. And now it's up to 13. So there's been a seven point adjustment in the favor of the Cowboys. So wow. that that's how bullish the market is on the on Dallas while the Eagles lines are going the other way. So that that's a cause for concern if anyone's looking to bet the Eagles moving forward. Holy cow, man. Even with the Diggs injury, the number still continues to go up for the Cowboys. That's crazy, man. All right. Uh, Cleveland three and a half, Tennessee. You think they go to two and one on the season? Or do you like the Browns or do you still want to see more from Watson? No, I, I like the Browns here. Their defense is one of the best in the NFL. I mean, the, the Steelers didn't get in the red zone all game. Their defense – I mean, when, when does the defense score 14 points? That that was an uh, anomaly there. Uh, it was a great game to watch. You know, Chubbs got hurt. I think this Browns team moving forward, uh, they're going to be a dangerous team. You know, you saw a little bit of a momentum shift when Chubbs went down in the game. But these guys are professionals, and that defense is so strong. I, I like the Browns here. I laid them on the money line. I, I think they win the game. Detroit's given Atlanta um, three and a half. How about the way that uh, Jesse Bates has played for Atlanta? I'll tell you what, he's the second best defensive player right now to Michael Parsons. And Atlanta's kind of looking like they're starting to straighten that thing out a little bit. But Detroit, again, that big win against Kansas City, they're giving Atlanta three. It is at home at Ford Field. Who do you like here? Yeah, Atlanta doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, they run the ball, they chew up clock, they limit the possessions. Uh, at three, I think the number's right on. It's on that key number three. If I, I could have got a plus four in Atlanta, I probably would have taken them. Before the season started, I was really bullish on this team. I went over eight and a half wins, and they haven't disappointed so far. But at three, I, I mean, there's no value either way for me. How about Green Bay's favorite at home? And they're giving New Orleans. Boy, it kind of – I thought New Orleans would be a team that people would kind of because of the division, but – Green Bay at home, one and a half, they're giving New Orleans. I mean, are you shocked by that? A little bit. It shows some respect for this Packers team that yeah. no, no one was bullish on. I mean, uh, we we actually – one of my guys took them to win the, the division, which I wasn't sure about at 41. But right as of right now, it's looking like a great bet. I mean, the Lions and the Packers and the, the Bears are bad. The, the Vikings are – you know, they're dysfunctional. They keep turning the ball over every week. Uh, but I, I like the Saints here. Uh, I just think they're the better team, top to bottom roster. If Derek Carr can play like Derek Carr, you know, can I mean, uh, this team should should win the game. I, I like I like the dog here, the road dog here on the Saints. How about this, Denver at Miami. I tell you what, there's a lot of heat in Denver right now on Peyton and also on Russell Wilson. And I'll tell you, Miami has looked spectacular. And Miami is giving Denver and Russell Wilson six and a half. I mean, wow, it is at home in South Florida. Do you like the Dolphins here, even with the points? Nah, I, I kind of like the Broncos. It's still or die here. You throw in three in the NFL. You, you'll miss the playoffs 80% of the time or whatever the number is, 78% of the time. I mean, this is the week for the Broncos. They're going to give it their all. I, I don't know if they can win the game, but I think they stay within that touchdown. It's a lot of points in the NFL for a very wounded, hungry, hungry team like the Broncos. So Minnesota is favored by one over the Chargers, who are 0-2. And they've got to go to Minnesota. Minnesota has no defense. It's got to be do or die here for the Chargers now because, I mean, there's just too much talent on that offense. I think that coach gets blown out if they go 0-3. Oh, yeah, I think he gets fired, right? I mean, how do you yeah. not fire 
Staley, you got so much talent, top to bottom, on this roster, on the offensive side, defensive side, and you start off 0-3. The season's over. I mean, let, let's be honest. Who bounces back from an 0-3 start? I like the cha- Chargers here. You're getting a point. I think they win the game out, right? I don't even think you're going to need the point, but I, I think the Chargers are the better team here. Uh, and Minnesota can't stop turning the ball over. If they do it again this week, they're going to get blown out. How about New England? They got like an 11-game win streak against his Jets team or something like that. They're um, giving the Jets two and a half. This is like Zach Wilson's D-Day. Whether he gets it done or not, they could be calling Carson Wentz on Monday, according to Boomer Sison, who was on a couple days ago. Does New England get it done on the road in the Meadowlands? Yeah, I think so. I think they're a more complete team. Obviously, if the Jets had Rodgers, it would be a different story here. I laid one, and I took the money line. Lines up to two and a half on on the Patriots. This is another must-win game for them. Uh, On the offensive side, I think they're more complete. Defense is pretty close. Jets are a little bit better, but that Patriots defense is one of the better ones in the NFL. They played the Eagles tough, should have won that game. They played the Dolphins tough, came down to the wire really in both games if, if guy stays in bounds. So I like the Patriots here. Uh, minus, I think it's up to two and a half. If you lay anything under three, I think the Patriots are the right side. I love doing this with you, man. This is a lot of fun here. How about this one here, Godfather? Buffalo, Washington, intriguing ball game. It looks like they righted the ship against the Raiders, but then again, what kind of defense does the Raiders have? Washington is undefeated. Buffalo is giving Washington six. They have to go on the road. Does Buffalo get it done with the number? I thought that number was a little short, especially with all the points Washington gave up last week to, uh, you know, a really putrid Broncos offense. Um, it's a tough game to call. If anything, I would tease Buffalo down to basically a pick if I'm looking to bet the Buffalo side. Because this Washington team has started off 2 another. They have some momentum. And they, they did beat Denver on the road, which is never easy going up this early in the season in that altitude. The Broncos usually have such a great home field advantage. And they went in there as dogs and won the game outright. So uh, I don't know if I'm looking to take the points or lay the points, but I would definitely tie the Buffalo Bills into a teaser. I'll tell you what. I see a ton of points in this week. I see 13, 12. And here's another one. Jacksonville, 8 I don't think people understand when you see eight and a half points in an NFL ball game, when the majority of point differential is three points and you see a number like that, Houston at Jacksonville. I mean, boy, that's a lot of points. You think they cover that still? Cause really Houston doesn't have a lot, but still that's a ton of points. Yeah. Usually I'm looking to take the divisional, you know, it's a divisional matchup here. I'm usually take, looking to take the dog lines down to seven and a half in some spots, some of the sharper spots offshore. The only problem is their their offensive line is so banged up, and they're I think they're missing their starting corner as well. So I think Trevor Lawrence has a has a big day here. I would bet over his passing yards. If I can get get this line down to seven, I'd probably lay the seven with the Jags. I think they bounce back. They win the game. There's just too many missing components on this Houston Texans side. I think Gardner Minshew starting in this game versus Baltimore. Baltimore's given the Colts eight. You like I know you like the Ravens. You think that this is you know what too? If you look at really the numbers and you watch. Lamar, I think Lamar's really – that Zay Flowers can play, man. They got a yeah. great tight end. That's a good-looking football team. Do you like the Ravens in the number eight? Not really here. I mean, Minshew, he's a, he's a solid backup. I mean, he can come in and throw the ball around. And the Colts have hung around with the Jags. And, uh, you know, the Ravens you know, have – has been around Steichen, too, a little bit here now the last two years here. So he kind of they kind of got a little bit of a history here going. Yeah, and the Ravens have uh, outperformed the market, I think, two weeks in a row. So you're buying at a high point with the Ravens here. 
I think the betting public's going to be all over Baltimore here. And I think you got an opportunity. If the line gets a little higher, I would love to take 10 on the dog here. But even at plus eight, I like the dog here, plus eight. How about Carolina at Seattle? Five and a half points. Um, Seahawks bounce, bounce back last week. Gino looked decent last week. Do you like the Seahawks here? Do you think that's too many points, five and a half at home? Carolina's been playing. They're real gritty, right? Yeah. But I know they lost their quarterback, right? He's not playing. So, uh, I don't know. I'm not looking. At, it's a dead. I hate laying five or taking five on any, any game. It's such a dead number in the sports betting market. So, I'm really saying off, you know, either side here. How about this one here, man? I don't know any more of a, of a safer pick. Kansas City at home, 12 and a half, and the shit-stained Bears. I mean, dude, you got a guy being investigated by Merrick Garland. You got another guy that is screaming at his coaches. The entire city hates that team right now. It's the Bears. And there's Kansas City at Arrowhead. And it's 12 and a half. I think you could have 15 and a half and be okay. <laughs> yeah, I would have to take 20 on this bear. I had him last week. I had a Bears ticket plus three. I had him on a teaser plus nine and a half. And I had the under in that game. And I'm thinking, okay, there's like a minute left. As long as he don't throw a pick six, I'm going. I went two and I pushed the other one. And he throws a pick six and I lose all three wages. This Bears team is bad. They've got some major issues. I, you know, my man David Kaplan out there in Chicago, he's Mr. Chicago. And he tells me, whatever you do, don't ever invest in this team again. If, if you're going to bet it, you got to bet the Chiefs here. There's no other way to bet it. Two more games left here. Um, Pittsburgh at the Raiders, two and a half. It's in Vegas. You know, I don't know, man. Kenny Pickett, I mean, this guy was like fool's gold in the exhibition season. You know what? They're good defensively, Pittsburgh. You know, they're, they're pretty good. I think they got to get back to their running game. And the Raiders are giving the Steelers this thing when you and I were kids, Godfather. This was like one of the holy terrors of rivalries, Raiders and Steelers. And it used to be one of those back in the day, those things you had to watch, you know, Kirk Gowdy calling the game and all that. Who do you like in this ball game? Yeah, back then we had who? Tom Flores, John Madden. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were days Kenny the Snake. I mean, that well, was better than that, Dan. That, that was the best. John of the Madden best. and Chuck Noll going uh, back and forth. The Noll calling uh, George Atkinson and Jack Tatum like the criminal element of the NFL. I mean, shit. What about all the, the best what about, what about Lester Hayes and all the stick yeah. of it? All the, took that Super Bowl away from the Eagles. Oh, man, I hated that as a kid. But uh, in this matchup, I think there's going to be some points. Uh, I went over 42, lines up to 43. I think uh, the Raiders' defense ain't that good. And as long as the Steelers can score with them, I mean, their offenses looked horrible. They didn't even get the, in the red zone last week. But that was against the Browns' defense. That's a lot better than the Raiders here. I don't know if they can uh, win this game. or cover. I kind of like the Raiders here at home. And anything under a field goal, if you can lay two and a half. I think the Raiders actually beat the Steelers Last pro game here. Rams at Cincinnati. Burrow says he believes he's playing. I mean, do the they Bengals go down 0-3? I mean, do they like they need a win here? And the Rams have looked pretty efficient against, you know, some good teams. Let's be honest. McVay's done a good job for a team that no one expected to win five or six games this season. I actually went under seven and a half wins on the Rams' regular season win total before the season started, and now I'm getting a little nervous because they've looked better than I thought they'd, they'd be. I mean, you got to take the Bengals here. Uh, gun to my head, I didn't bet this game, but gun to my head, I'd probably, I'd probably take the Bengals here. 
Cup. Before you slice into some wedding cake here, I want <laughs> two college games. I'm going to do Oregon and Colorado. Look, I think Colorado gets boat raced by Oregon, and I think they beat them by 23. Does that sound right? Yeah, I laid 20, 20 and a half. I laid 21 in Oregon. This is the best defense Colorado's going to play all season. And you got Bo Nix back there. A high, maybe he could end up winning the Heisman, which he probably won't, but he's he's right there. He's in the discussion. Uh, Colorado, like I said, has to face a defense like this, and they won't all season. This Oregon team's really good. I think they're like plus 300 to win the uh, Pac uh, West out there. So this is a real solid team. Like you said, I think they get both. I, th- I think this is the week that Colorado comes back to earth. The betting public, public though, regardless, is going to be betting Colorado each and every week blindly. They love prime time. And I talked to some offshore books, and they said like 90% of the tickets are already on Colorado. It's not even game day. And about 80% of the action comes in on game day. So uh, they're hoping Colorado doesn't cover the spread or wins this game outright, or else they're going to get killed. <laughs> the books Absolutely. are going to I, I, you know, again, you know, Colorado is – they've got a lot going for them here, but this ain't TCU, okay? I mean, that's a good football team. Finally, the uh, the holier-than-thous versus Ohio State. Who do you got in this one here? Notre Dame versus Ohio – dude, I don't – if you want to know the most overrated program in the United States of America, it's the Notre Dame Fighting Irish when they play games like this. Please tell me you're not you, you're not a believer in Notre Dame. I'm not. I, I just think you know Ohio State has the athletes, man. They're, they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. Notre Dame looks good. The line's kind of short, though. I thought it'd be a little higher. Uh, I like Ohio State here. I, I don't think Notre Dame gets the job. No way. Touchdown, Jesus will take a knee in this one too. I can promise you that. <laughs> hey, enjoy enjoy yourself, and I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much, man. Hey. When I know people get mad at you, I know you're doing it right, just to make sure. So this weekend, how can people get a hold of you, man? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Philly Godfather. Stop by the website, thephillygodfather.com. And just keep firing, Dan. Just keep making some money, man. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Have a great weekend. You got it. Okay. That is our friend, Philly Godfather. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. National Football Show. Appreciate you guys coming aboard here on this Football Friday. Thank you very much. I would ask you this. Dion, you think you make a better pro coach or a college coach? Will he make a better pro or college coach? What would he be better at? Pro or college? Hey, um, Maniac, a lot of easy things make you laugh. I'm good. To, that's good. Good to see, man. Good for you. That means you're not as tightly strung as I thought you were. College. Eugene goes, did you really bench press 540? Yeah, I was 19 years old when I did that. I still hold that record. Yes. 540. And then when I was 28, I did 605. It's true. (laughs) Yes, those records still stand. 35 years later. 19-year-old kid bench pressing 540. And running a 4.8. And a 30 vertical. Not bad for an Italian. See, I'm not white. I'm an Italian. (laughs) White guys don't run and lift like I do. Just remember that. (laughs) Hey, hey, Steve. Just remember, white guys don't run like big sills or did run like big sills and lift like big sills. Yeah. (laughs) And nobody, no, that's what, and by the way, Jerome Brown was the one that said that. Jerome Brown saw me run a 481. 
and I was 292 pounds. And Jerome goes like this, that dude is not white. (laughs) And I I, I look, I go, what are you talking about? He goes like this, white guys don't run like that guy. And I, we, we had two guys, 300 pounds back 35 years ago when most D linemen were 250. And Jerome and I are running four eights. <laughs> running four eights. And Jerome was just stupid strong. And I was weight room strong. Okay. Earlier, Sills was talking drafts for 2D trades. Well, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take that to the UN and maybe we can get a translator and I'll figure that one out. Okay. 605. Guess who spotted me? My wife. I should get, hey, I, you know who my, my, my wife was my spotter for all my, um, my big lifts. You guys know who Ronnie Coleman is? I should get her. You guys know who Ronnie Coleman is? Have you ever heard of Ronnie Coleman? Do you know who Ronnie Coleman is? Does anybody? Okay. Does anybody know who Ronnie Coleman is? I'd be interested to see if you guys know who he is. Okay. Tone knows who he is. Go over to my Twitter page. And he, we're, we're very good friends. And he follows me. We follow each other. We check in on everyone once in a while. I check and see how he's doing. I think he had some health issues. Okay. And he was an Arlington cop, believe it or not. And so when I was with the Cowboys, strongest guy in the building at the time, this was a pretty big, strong Nate Newton was a strong guy. Mark Tune was strong. So Ronnie Coleman, my wife and I were, or my girlfriend, she was my girlfriend then. We were living in um, Valley Ranch, right there off of uh, MacArthur. Hey, Tone, I'm not sure if you know it. It's right off of MacArthur Avenue there in Dallas. It's like Valley Ranch, this little area there. And um, it's like Los Colinas. I think that's where, I think we lived in Los Colinas. And so Ronnie Coleman is a police officer. We were in Arlington for something. And he pulls me over. And I didn't do nothing wrong. I'm driving my car. And he goes, are you Cilio? I go, yeah. He goes, I heard you're at the dungeon here in Arlington. And this dungeon thing, my wife knew that I liked lifting in these dungeons. I don't really like those weird old places, 24 Fitness, and where all the worms go in there and they look at themselves in the mirrors. And, you know, they got 18 pounds on like tricep pull downs. I, 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 I have no time for that. I just, back then I was a total tool bag. Okay. I'll come, hey, a complete tool bag. I'd go in there and go like this. I'd go over to the tricep. I was so awful. Come on, guy, get out of here. I'd, I'd, I'd run the guy out of there because I, I'd get out of my way. We, we got five pounds on here. Seriously, what are we doing here? And, you know, he that's a guy that talks to 18 chicks in between sets and such. Like, if you're in there working out and you're legit and you're in there, I don't care what the weight is, but when you're over there holding a like a, a convention – and it's like 18 minutes between reps. You're not going to have me in a good mood. So I go over to my wife goes, be nice, man, please. 
And so these guys are in there. I'm, I'm, I've got two, I got 300 pound dumbbells in my hand doing three sets of five flat pitch dumbbells, 300 pounds in each hand. <laughs> I'm doing these things, man. These guys are, I get up and I hated those worm places. So I worked out at these dungeons and Ronnie Coleman goes, Hey, I hear you work at the dungeon here in Arlington. I said, yeah, it's like, a, you have to like go into this guy's garage. And I go, yeah, he worked out there. Of course he became, I think if I'm not mistaken, right tone. I think Ronnie Coleman turned out to be like an eight time or seven time Mr. Olympia. And I'm in there and he goes, I hear like you frightened everybody in the gym with your, I go, I didn't say anything. He goes, no, man, you were doing 500 pounds, three sets of five reps, flat bench. Um, you know, you're doing three sets of five with 505. I'm going, yeah. Someone said you did 405 behind the neck. I go, mm-hmm. He goes, I'd like to work out with you. So my wife loved him. And I can see why. This guy is beautiful. I mean, like, he's got a body like you put like cellophane over. He was just ripped, man. And I worked out with him for a, for about a year and a half. We love Ronnie Coleman. Oh, he, he, he would go on at Dorian Yates. He brought Dorian Yates in. Dorian Yates was an eight time, I think it was. And then he brought in Haney. And so all these bodybuilders would come in there and watch me work out. I was a stupid, unbelievably powerful guy. It was insane. Okay. <laughs> insane. Insane. Uh, the things I did with, with the weight room. Okay. Still sounded suspect there. Kyle, all you have to do is look at the record boards at the University of Miami right now. I had a 700. Rock even posted it. I was 19 years old. I did a 700-pound squat and a 540-pound bench press. I was 19. Rock posted it. And he posted the record board. There's, there's, You can't – see, one thing about weightlifting, you can't lie. When someone goes, what do you bench? Well, around 300. No, you either do 300 or you don't. <laughs> and you either do 300 or you don't. <laughs> well, I bench around 228 pounds. I mean, no, what, what do you do? Many consider Coleman the best bodybuilder of all time outside of Arnold. I would put it this way to you, Tone. The greatest bodybuilders of all time, Schwarzenegger, uh, Coleman, um, Corey Everson, probably Franco. Uh, there's another guy now who's really good. Um, probably like that. Somebody like that. Lee Haney, probably Lee Haney. Lee Haney's another one. I like all them guys. Okay, I did. Okay. Sills, no BS. What was your stack? I have no idea what you're talking about. Stack of what? Pancakes? Listen to this guy talking. What was your stack? <laughs> Frank Zane was great. I think he was a two-time Mr. Olympia. Tom Platts was good. He was in um he 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 was he was in that movie with Arnold. Look at look at Vet. What was your stack? What the hell does that mean? I have no idea what you're talking about. 
your stack? No such thing. Hey, because there's no, hey, there's no such thing as the mob or steroids. 200 test? What's that? Hey, hey, vet, 200 test? Must have had a little, must have had a nice little bench and a nice little uh, inclined bench, and, right? Flat bench dumbbells. <laughs> 200, 200 test? Okay, it's all right. Hey, vet, did you drop Anadrol 50s on that or no? No, nothing? Or some equipoise? Did you do any of that in there? Nah, probably not. (laughs) Mine was the IHOP special, baby. That was my stack. I had a blueberry stack right there, baby. (laughs) What was your stack? You hear this? Tones, Tones goes, Tones like, what was your, <laughs> hey, so vet, vet, vet's got 200 tests. Like, is that Winstrel test? Winstrel V? Sipinate? What was it? I'm, 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 vet, I'm not understanding. Was it Sipinate? Was it water base? Cottonseed oil? This is what I read. I don't know. I just read it. Uh, hey hey vet i just read i i don't know really anything about it i have no idea talking the lingo i have no, no, talking the lingo no i only read it in a book remember 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 kwan i google <laughs> everyone was on the so i i don't know what no not me man never are you kidding me 19 years old 550 pound bench pressing Oh, all right. Woo, Monday's right around the corner. Cowboys are going to destroy Arizona 30 to nothing. Washington, I'm sorry, man. I think they beat. I think they beat the Broncos. Oh, no. Who's Washington at? Buffalo. Boy, I better take that back. Buffalo's my Super Bowl. Ah, damn. Damn. Six six points. Mm. Buffalo's got to win because that's my Super Bowl team. That's my Super Bowl team. Have a great weekend. Um, that, I, Hey, appointment setting has got to be that Colorado game uh, versus Oregon. Make sure you watch that on Saturday. Support Deion Sanders. NFL football Sunday. We're going to have a football Monday, right? It's going to be Eagles and Buccaneers live from Tampa. So we have a lot to cover. We have a doubleheader actually on Monday. Tone, great stuff as always. Thank you so much. Xander, thank you. Big Joe, thank you. By the way, big week next week. We're going to be in the Philly area, King of Prussia. We're going to be at the Hooters next week. We'll give you more intel. We'll name our winners on Monday. Have a great weekend. Three to six on Monday. And we shall see you on the flip side.
and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.